We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to Irish Breakdown. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher of IrishBreakdown.com. Joined today by that guy, our football analyst, Vince D'Addario. And Vince, today we're going to talk about Notre Dame's football practice. We had our second and final final, uh, full practice of the season. So just a reminder, Notre Dame's going to have about 25 practices this year. Sorry, I banged my head on the wall when I was trying to go get some – some water before the show started and had a little uh, paint on my hat. Uh, 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 but uh, so we get two open practices. That's it of the 25. And then what is it like five 30 minute sessions, which is like stretching. And yeah, we have two more of those individuals. Basically. We have two more of those. So this is basically the last real look. Right. We're going to get at the Notre Dame football team. So we had to get all hands on deck today. So Vince, you were there. One of your former offensive line coaches was there. We had him down there so he could kind of watch the offensive line. You got a chance to meet Mike Hutton today. Yeah. Who, for those of you who don't know, is a newest addition to the Irish Breakdown team. One of two that we've hired. Mike is now our full-time beat writer at irishbreakdown.com, which is possible because of all of you that have helped us. I told you, if you guys help us grow, we'll reinvest in the in, into Irish Breakdown and we're going to grow this thing. Beat writer step one. We got to keep growing, and then we can go out and get a full time person yeah. to cover recruiting and do all those types sure. of things. So anyway, back no, to it practice. Was great. I, yes. I will say, having a team yeah. of guys there under the IB, uh, you know, brand was awesome. I mean, it yeah. was just like, hey, man, you get this, and you get mm-hmm. this, and da, 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 and it wasn't just me talking to myself. So yeah. that was like that was really good. People didn't think I was like schizophrenic. So I appreciate yes. that. Yeah. Uh, but it was great to have those guys. They did a tremendous job uh, today as well. It was so nice to be able to focus on what I was focusing on and let those guys focus on their thing and then just bringing it all together. So it was, and we were able to collaborate and that's um, Vince is going to kind of share the collaboration of it all. So yes, Vince, it was in the stadium today. Yes. Which which makes it more fun, which makes it easier to see everything. Yes. So since this is our last yard line, saw everything. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. So this was our last, uh, our last chance to really, our last chance to kind of really, see this football team until September 5th. So yeah, let's dive in. So obviously defensively, you thought the defense was the better, the more productive unit today. 
which is interesting because a lot of my intel has been the offense has been the one riding a, a, a hot wave recently. So I like to see that back and forth, right? You don't want one yeah. side dominating the other. Today, it was the defense, and it started up front, Vince. And yes, I'll say one thing that people have to understand about the last week, as we've been told about how well the offense is doing, the defense hasn't exactly been at its full strength mm-hmm. up front. They've held Jason Adamiola out. They've held, like, limited. They've limited yeah, explain Kurt Heinish, that. Explain uh, that, yeah. Because it, they're now two weeks into camp, and it's kind of like, okay, we know Kurt Heinish is what Kurt Heinish is. Jason Adamiola is having a great camp. So what they're doing is they're picking days to say, hey, look, we're going to we're gonna pull back the reps on these couple guys, give some of the younger guys right. some opportunities so we don't wear guys out in fall camp. You don't do it all in one day. You just, okay, today we're going to give these two guys a little bit of a breather. Tomorrow we'll give this guy that kind of thing. And then, of course, Myron Tungabalo was out. He was back home in Hawaii with his family after his father passed away. Well, today, Vince, the D-line was back to full strength. Yes. And, and it was – impressive and, and i will say that it appeared the guy they were kind of holding out was josh lug and now, so brian kelly said in the post game thing that he had a little bit of a neck okay issue so that's why he okay. was limited today and he he went into the locker room at one point but when he came back out like he wasn't flanked by trainers or anything so it's like maybe just you know maybe a number two it's yeah. like <laughs> a lot of it's yeah. like a lot of camp things it's yeah, yeah if we were had if it was a game you'd be fine but right you know exactly who weeks no in the fall in camp him. josh lug's having a really good fall camp from everyone yes. that we talked to you've seen him yep so yeah but but the defensive line today, yes, Vince, you said, was yes. really impressive. The one guy that stood out, and I want to talk about him first, Vince, because he was a player that in our preseason intel we said needed to have a big camp because he didn't play great in the spring, but he had a strong summer, and he needs to really step up to, to stay in the rotation. That is sophomore Riley Mills. Both you and Chris, who's the offensive line coach was with, that was with us today, both talked to me about 99. 99 yep. was dominant. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Riley Mills was just so fast today. Um, he just he's living in the backfield when they were doing eleven on eleven. Um, I, I was very, very impressed. I was looking over Chris's notes. He did very, very well in one on ones as well. Uh, but he he's so fast off the ball, and I think that's where when you're when you're a guy like him being fast off the ball when he's already so long uh, is, is so important. And and he was today, man. There there was a play. It was uh, over the offense's right side, so he was playing on the left side. So he was going against Kane Madden, and uh, he got into the backfield so fast. I don't think Kane Madden was even out of his stance. Like it was, and, and I, I'm not necessarily knocking Kane Madden at this juncture, but what I'm saying we'll, is, we'll, I was. We'll get to that, right? Yeah, we'll get to that. But but what I am saying is that Riley Mills was so fast out of his out of his stance and getting into the backfield. Jack Cohn didn't have a prayer. Like he mm-hmm. there was there was nothing that Jack Cohn could have done. He didn't even have time to throw it away. Like that's how fast Riley Mills was in the backfield on that mm-hmm. particular play, and and everybody that I was sitting around was like, oh wow, like it was it took everybody aback uh, a little bit, and so that's really really good to see um, as well. I mean that was really really good to see, and that's a position you and I have talked about. That three technique is very important for Notre Dame this year, and. Right. We're at the point now where I'm, I'm, I'm listening. So like you and I are talking and it's like, this guy was good. And this guy was good. And it was almost kind of like you said, a throw. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Jason Adamiola dominated again. <laughs> right. It's like, it was like right. a, such a nonchalant, like, well, of course it's <laughs> obviously, uh, which is again, he's got to now prove it on Saturdays, but it just speaks to how good he was in the spring and how good he's sure. been in fall camp. It seems like every single 
time we have an open session, like, oh, yeah, by the way, Jason Adamiola dominated every rep. I talked to someone about an intel. Oh, yeah, the guards can't block Jason Adamiola. Right. And you saw it again today, Vince. No question. Jason, again, his quickness is different because he's not obviously as long as, as like a Riley Mills, for example. Um, he's he's thicker. He's bigger. So he almost uses his power and quickness to to do what he needs to do. Right. Um, so it's a different way to get into the backfield. But he was living in the backfield, too. I mean, he, he was. He was dominant today um, and expectedly so. Again, like you said, it was, oh, yeah, and Jason was the man. Um, and mm-hmm. he and another thing that I noticed from him was how good he was as far as being a leader as well. He was an emotional leader on that front, like getting guys to follow him, getting guys excited. Um, it, you know, the whole defensive front was fired up. I mean, let's be honest, because they were having a day. Um, and that – and I, I'm sure the next guy we're going to talk about is Myron Tagovailoa. Most just go ahead and just go. Yeah, I mean, just go. Those two guys next to each other. <sighs> Real quick, Vince, you don't need me to necessarily lead you into each guy. If you want to just <laughs> right. like defensive line, just, just I mean, go. just literally just go. Yeah. I and mean, that's what people want. They don't need my questions. They want to hear. They want to hear how it went today. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Ha- seeing those two guys next to each other um, is going to be fun throughout the entire season. Uh, they they were wreaking havoc today. I thought. Um, with that, that lessened weight that MTA is carrying, I, I thought that he looked really, really good, just fast off the ball, just faster with his hands um, being on the outside than he was in the inside. I'm really starting to believe that he is more of a defensive end than he was a defensive tackle, and that's saying something because he was successful as a defensive tackle. I mean, he's a starter, right? Um, but I think he's kind of found his niche, and when they were going with a three-front, um, you know, they, they, they took Kurt Heinisch out, and they had Jason kind of playing the nose in that neighborhood, right? Nose one, kind of in the middle. And then having uh, Isaiah Foskey and MTA on the outside, so much speed. Just mm-hmm. just so fast, so athletic. Uh, it was the, – the, the front had a really good day. Let's yeah. put it that way. I, it I'm, was very impressive. I'm looking at the notes that I got from you guys from practice, and there's one session where it's four straight plays. It goes sack, sack, screen, sack. Yeah, but right. That's – and then, right. and then it's like uh, short run, loss of yards, incompletion, sack, loss of yards. I mean, this is succession of plays from Correct. today's scrimmage. Loss of yards. <laughs> I mean, so it's just – it seems like it was just – I mean, just like you said, it was kind of a meet me at the in the backfield party today. For it the really I mean, was. And then the notes, there's so many more notes for the defensive line today. There's a practice report at oursbreakdown.com, but you've used uh, – Justin Adamuel is another guy. So having – so when I when he was first hurt, I was told it could potentially be up to two weeks. He, he was back be a lot out. faster than I thought. He was back a lot faster than I thought. And then I got nervous, like, okay, are they pushing him too much? But you said he had one of the more impressive uh, athletic plays of the day. Yes. So team. Or was it one-on-ones or team? You no, know, it was team. Okay. It was during team, and he was playing the second Viper. Let, um, let, let me interject. So according to you, Vince, too, today was it sounded like there was a lot of work on the three-down. Yeah, there and was. They were getting the Vipers a lot of a lot, a lot of, of work in the field, right? Like, so they weren't really like. So you're not going to hear a lot about Foskey pass rushing and and Adam Justin Amula pass rushing because a lot of that was. Every time so I noticed number seven, clear, yeah. he was kind of in coverage. He was right. back off the line. Yeah. There were there was one time where uh, he did rush the quarterback, but it was from the inside. Okay. So he was off the line of scrimmage. There was three down linemen, and he kind of sneaks up like over the guard. You know, to kind of give a different look, and then right. he kind of rushed the passer from that angle, right? So, so clearly, that's a point of emphasis in today's yes. practice today. So, so I just want to make sure yeah. when you don't hear us talking about those guys getting a pass rush, that's because for the most part they weren't. So anyway, well, back to back. I just yeah. So I just want 
I'm just trying to set the stage based on what you told me mm-hmm. so people understand why are we hearing about these guys in coverage. Right. So, anyway, so continue. One of the things that you wanted me to look for, and I was going to look for anyway, was what number nine Justin Adam Yule looked like because he's coming off a hamstring, right. right? I mean, that will potentially limit you in your athleticism, your speed, your quickness, et cetera. There was a play during team during 11 on 11, and uh, he was playing Viper. Like I said, he's running with the number two Viper as the number two Viper right now. Um, there was a play where Kyron Williams comes out of the backfield and basically runs a wheel route, you know, coming out of the backfield right down the sideline. That's the Vipers man. And in the covers that they had, it was one-on-one and Justin Adamiola stayed with Kyron Williams step for step down the sideline and forced an incompletion. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was a PBU or not a pass breakup, but he was right in Kyron's face. Kyron went up for it. I thought at first he came down with it, but he didn't. Because Justin was right there in his face. I mean, it was a contested uh, catch opportunity. uh, And it just shows that I don't believe Justin is ailing from that hamstring at all based on that particular play. I mean, he was step for step with one of the best running backs in the country. Um, And so that was really, really impressive. And it wasn't like it was a bad throw that slowed up Kyron or, you know, anything of that nature. It's because it was really good coverage. Um, And so as long as there's nothing that in the future happens, I'm not worried about that hamstring with Justin Adamiola at this point. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, it's just preventing a, a re-aggravation. And I was looking through the notes, Vince, too. You talked about Riley Mills earlier. From what we're seeing, he was playing a lot, mixing up three-tech and five-technique. And if you remember from our, our Football 101 video, five-technique is essentially... Uh, it's shot slot, a tight outside shade to the tackle. Right. So it's essentially, it's like what a, a three, four defensive end, essentially. So with them working on three down today, it appears that we saw a lot more of 57 and 99 playing outside. Mm-hmm. And as I'm looking at the notes, I see on one particular play that Riley Mills beat, uh, you beat Tosh Baker in a one-on-one, which means he was lined up over tackle. So there was right. some of that too. So that was also nice to see is that mm-hmm. he is moving around. Which means there are times you can get you can get Riley Mills and Jason Adamiola and Myra Tungavaloa Amosa on the field together. Right, right, absolutely. And you could even have Isaiah Foskey still out there as well, just right. back off in coverage or which is or what we saw the case today. Be. Yeah, exactly. Right. So right. yeah, it was really good. We do have a, a super chat, Brian. Uh, if you wanted to go Let's ahead and it. grab that, yeah, yeah. 
Jay Premier, BK33, just with a nice 999 super chat. I appreciate that very, very much, Jay. Absolutely. And uh, it's good stuff. Uh, obviously, man. Vince giving a lot of great info today. So I appreciate that. Uh, appreciate that very, very much. Yes. Thank you very, right. very much. So, okay. so, you know, overall defensive line, I mean, in the two open practices that we've seen, uh, th- they've just been really good. And, and yeah. again, I heard somebody from the media say, uh, you know, I hope. I hope this is the best defensive line in the country uh, based on how they're playing, be- referring to the offensive line. Like right. people are, they're worried about the offensive line because right. of how well the defensive line is playing. Now, I will say I think it's a little bit of both. Right. Because uh, we had this same conversation right. in 2017, Vince. Like, I right. hope this is the best offensive line they play because this defensive line can't stop anybody. Right, exactly. That's how it was in fall camp of 2017. And it, exactly. was, it turns out, well, yeah, that's actually the best offensive line <laughs> in the country. <laughs> right. Right. So. Exactly. I, I think it's a little bit of both right now. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into the offense in a minute. But um, but the defensive line was just playing. They were pretty much doing what they wanted to do. Right. Um, and, and they were having success. So it, it mean, was fun to watch. Think about this. Today's practice, the third team defense, if I'm correct, was some combination of Jordan Patelho, mm-hmm. Nana Osafa Mensa, Gabriel Rubio, Jacob Lacey, and Aiden Kayana Ana, essentially. Correct. Yeah, now they're right. working in with the twos, but they're the third guy yeah. that would be getting in. Those are all highly ranked recruits. Right. And those are all four star kids that were highly ranked recruits that, and some of them, Alexander Ehrensberger was another one that was getting some of that. You yes. said he had Number a good 90. day today. He did. He had a great That's another day where he's flashed. Yeah. Yep. So the, 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 my point is that speaks volumes to the fact that it's not just, oh, yeah, they're great because they have that one guy, Jason Adamiola. Uh, it's not good. That they got, you know, they got this future. NFL. It's just they're throwing waves. Of guys yes. to make plays. I had and we had this in our in a recent Intel piece, but I was told, I think it was in the Intel piece. I think I said this, but I've been told by a source that said that Jason Adamiel has been Notre Dame's best defensive in camp. He's playing better than any defensive lineman since Jerry Tiller in 2018. That's that's big praise. When Jerry Tiller's an all American that year. Yeah, that's right? big praise. I yeah. mean, so so it just kind of seen nothing and it's been consistent. Not right. believe that. Because so. what what my our advice to you all is is look for themes. Because there's going to be some guy has a good day here, not a great day. If you're sure. seeing something consistently happen, that's when you can start putting stock in it. Not just, well, this guy had a great day or this guy had a down day, right? So, like, Kyle Hamilton didn't have, a, didn't seem to have a, not a bad day, but just not a great day. Yeah, not a great day. Well, yeah, okay, agreed. that's fine. Cause we, we saw plenty of other times where Kyle Hamilton's out there balling, right? So, so that's the thing is when you hear this about, we've now heard it about Mills consistently. And of course, Jason Adamiola consistently. When you start hearing those things consistently, that's when you start saying, okay, we expect this guy to be good. And Justin Adamiola getting him back is good, too. I was told the first three or four days of practice before he got hurt that he was just making a ton of plays. So to see him back, see him in coverage, make a plays is obviously a good thing as well, Vince. But any other any other thoughts from the off the defensive line before we transition to the linebackers and get more of this info out there? Let's see. Looking at my notes here. Uh, no, not really. Not uh, not okay. from the defensive line. Yeah, let's move. Let's go to linebackers. Yeah, yeah. So you said to start today's practice, a linebacker was Drew White. Oh yeah, yeah. He he. Look, Drew White is maybe he's not going to make the flashy plays, or or maybe not the plays that maybe fans think that he should be making or whatever. He did have a tackle for a loss, at least one that I saw, and he just got up from the pile and walked back to the other side of the ball. Like it, it's just now we've seen him get fired up. Don't get me wrong. But the thing about him is that he was just everywhere the ball was in in the run game. 
Um, I, I have in my notes right here, 40 looks good always around the ball. Like every time I looked up where the ball was, there was 40. Like that, that he he's just that's what a middle linebacker is supposed to be. You know, he there's ball, go get ball. Like that's what he's supposed to be. That's what he's doing. And he's really cementing himself as the middle linebacker. I I, I just thought he had a really good day today. Again, nothing flashy, but he's just doing his job, which if people remember, he wasn't doing his job last year because he was covering for another position. That was the knock on him last year. So he right. was out of position. He wasn't right. hitting the gaps. He was overrunning plays, things like that. Because I didn't see that today. Right. I didn't see that right. today. I saw him around the football. I saw him making plays on the football. Uh, I, I thought Drew White had a very, very, very good day. And again, he I know he was named a captain, uh, but it's clear that he's one of the leaders on this team as well. Uh, I know people like to hear what goes on off the field, that kind of thing. No question that Drew White is a leader on this team. No question whatsoever. Now, you said another guy that stood out to you today, more so during the seven-on-seven, one-on-one period, because we didn't see him, you didn't see him much during the team period. But uh, Jack Kaiser, you said, had a really good day in coverage today, yeah, which, is and, something, which is interesting for me, Vince, because we know he can play the run, right. right? We know that. It's how is he going to handle the coverage part. So that's where he, he looked at it. That's where he jumped out at me today. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking back and I'm, I'm – you know, because I'm watching different things with the defense. I'm kind of watching different levels and things of that nature. And when 24 jumped out at me, it was watching him in coverage. And it was watching Jack Cohn throw the ball away because it was such good coverage. Right. And that, obviously that's more than just Jack Kaiser. But Jack Kaiser was was generally on like the dump down guy or, you know, the short guy because he's a linebacker, obviously. Um, and it would be one of the final reads for Jack Cohn, which would then just get thrown out of bounds right mm-hmm. um and, and so that's when i noticed uh kaiser and kaiser w- w- did a great job in coverage um i think he can he can hang with tight ends obviously i think he can hang with running backs uh, i don't think that's going to be a problem you know he, he'll get help with with slot guys you know things of that nature yeah get slots he'll be rerouting and things exactly. like that he won't they won't, it, it won't be, be saying, a one-on-one hey, go, go cover yeah. Yeah, go cover Avery Davis all over the field. Right? And nobody's expecting that of him, right? right. So, um, but I, I was very impressed with him in coverage. He was right where he needed to be all the time, uh, which, which was great. And speaking of the rover position, I was actually a guy that really stood out to me today was Isaiah Pryor. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah Pryor was when they, so the first time they went 11 on 11, it was like the whole touch the guy and he's down kind of thing. And the running back just keeps on going. The second time was live. And that's when Isaiah Pryor is at his finest. Mm-hmm. Um, he was flying around the football and just laying licks on guys. It's, now again, again, today was today was kind of a scrimmage team. Today towards was the a, end, was yeah, a scrimmage aspect, right? So there was tackling, yeah. which so Notre Dame doesn't do minutes, a lot of that in practice. Yeah, about ten minutes was live, right? Um, it's the first time we've seen them go live. It's the first time they were really hitting each other um, and tackling to the ground. Uh, but Isaiah Pryor enjoyed himself uh let's just put it that way I, I he he laid a lick on logan Diggs at one point on a screen that he just came down just like he was fired out of a shoot um and just just lit him up uh there was another one where he had a tackle for loss where he just lit the guy up um he was everywhere uh when and, and again he was rolling with the twos so it was a, it was against the twos but you still got to find the ball. You still got to get to the ball. You still got to make a tackle. You still got to make a hit. And the hits that he was making were like, ooh, you know, they they were punishing tackles. And I haven't seen a punishing tackle alive in quite some time. And uh, I enjoyed watching Isaiah Pryor today. And that's where that's his wheelhouse, playing Absolutely. downhill. Yes, that, that, and 
And that's what I, I I'm I'm happy to hear that from yeah him for sure. Now again, uh, Maris Lufau, you said Bo Bauer. Those are guys that just had nothing spectacular, just solid days, just doing their thing. You know, again, Maris Maris likes to talk, um, yeah. and, and which and I we, like. I mean, you and I, I think you, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We like I said, we were in the um, uh, the rich seats, right? That the the, uh, the nice like padded seats, like in the stands, right? So I was like four rows away from the field. And you know, pretending like I was rich, it was nice. Uh, but like, hey, you'll never ever no, sit never. in those seats during a game, no, ever. But he he's he's on the sideline. It's the twos that are in there, right? He's mm-hmm. on the sideline, and he's chirping at the offense. He's like, "You're not gonna try that when I'm in there," you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it, it was good stuff. Like I, it was good natured, but like he, it was he was serious and it was good. I I enjoyed him today. You know, now, again, from our conversations. Go ahead, Vince. No, again, I, what? I was going to say, again, he didn't make like spectacular plays like he right. did last Thursday, but he's clearly the star. So, I was mean, it just the ball wasn't around him? Yeah. Is that why? Okay. Yeah. The, he did, they didn't really go towards, first of all, not a lot of time because of the defensive front. Uh, so, not a lot got out of there. Uh, and number two, when they were throwing the ball around, it just wasn't really going near him. Like, it was balls that were downfield. It was more intermediate stuff that he just wasn't responsible for. So, he wasn't just really in the mix today. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the stuff that they were doing. So you today, according to you from our conversation, right? So when I say things like this, I'm actually repeating what Vince said to lead him into what he's already told me. <laughs> uh, today, it sounds like we saw exactly why J.D. Bertrand's getting so many number two reps and why Shane Simon is not. Explain. Yes. Okay. So, okay. So J.D. Bertrand uh, kind of falls into the same category to me as Drew White. And I'm not saying that just because they're white linebackers. Like, that's not mm-hmm. my point. What right. I am saying is he's around the football. Like, right. he is in the right place. He's making plays. He's coming downhill. He's he's laying the wood on guys. Like, he's involved, right? Shane Simon, we saw a lot of today anyway. And I'll, I'll put it in a box today because I'm not at practice every day. Um, when it was live, I saw a lot of last year's Shane Simon where he would kind of over-pursue a little bit and just get caught in the wash. Right. Um, he wasn't able to really block destruct. Um, he wasn't able to fight those guys off and make a play. He was a lot of the times on the outside looking in, and that's why he was. And he was going up against the threes. Like it, it, it was it was disappointing to me because I know he's better than that. We've seen him better than that. But if that's what if that's what the coaches are seeing day in and day out when they're going eleven on eleven and things of that nature. I get why he's running with the threes right and now. And that's what we've been told about JD's just playing downhill, making yeah. plays, and Shane's still just not decisive enough, getting caught, exactly. getting blocked, too, making himself too blockable. Yes. And until that changes, he's going to have a hard time because, again, it's, it's isn't what we're saying is he hasn't necessarily made a big jump from what we've seen in the fall, but Maris and JD have made a big jump from what Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can see it, right? It's It's kind of like – so Shane Simon's right here. He make make plays every once in a while, but right. you know, but what I talk clearly about, athletic right? when you watch drills, right? And those other guys have just yeah. while he stays here, these guys are ascending and they're passing right. him up. I mean, it's like the slow person in when you're on the highway. He's got to get right. you know. It, it just is what it is. So it's not like he's getting worse or anything, but he's just getting passed up because those guys are playing at such a high level. And from what I'm told, he has been better than he was last year. It's just not enough to hold right. off other athletic talented players that are passing right. them up. So right, right. Safety today. So obviously Kyle Hamilton didn't see a whole lot from him uh during today's practice. Actually we got a little super chat here we'll get to from Scott Gibbs. Thank you, Scott, for that Scott, very, very man. much. Appreciate you. you. Uh no question about it. Uh 
But so today, Vince, you had said that um, one of the things that you saw, obviously, Kyle Hamilton didn't play a ton. I'm yeah. going through the one-on-one reps. He wasn't in there. He, I think, he had no. like one rep. Not much team. He had the neck thing. So, again, you know who Kyle Hamilton is. But you said, obviously, with him being limited, a guy that you thought really stepped up and played well was Houston Griffith. It was from the safety position. It was the Houston Griffith show. Um, I what I here's what I noticed about Houston Griffith: way more vocal than I remember him being in the past. Uh, moving guys around, changing coverages. Um, you know, they did a lot of uh, like formation recognition today, uh, which is really boring to the naked eye. But you understand why they're doing it, right? They they the scout team comes out in different formations. The defense has to recognize it, change things up, move guys around, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. He was the leader in that backfield um that defensive backfield he i mean very vocal very communicative uh, i was very impressed with that and then when they went to 11 on 11 there was one play where it was a screen pass to chris tyree and it was out in the flat uh, but it was definitely a screen because you could tell by the way jack Cohn was backing up backing up backing up and then he just kind of you know did one of these over the top and chris tyree was he caught it but uh, about three milliseconds after he caught it, a freight train with the number three on it just absolutely destroyed Chris Tyree. And it's not Chris Tyree's fault. He caught the ball with his back to the defense because he had to and then just got lit up. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was a great recognition play by Houston Griffith. And, I, and what I will also say is if he didn't make that play, Chris Tyree was running for at least 10 to 15 yards uh, because it was about five yards down the field already. Um, and, uh, and there was nobody else around all of a sudden you just saw this streak of white lightning coming down and it with a number three on it and just, I mean, lit him up. I mean, it was a great tackle. It was great recognition. It was him coming downhill at full speed. It was awesome. And it's what I've been waiting to see from Houston Griffith. Uh, I'll be honest that that's what I've been waiting to see both the, the talking and the playmaking. Uh, we saw it today. And it was really great. And and I w- and it was even better because, like you said, Kyle Hamilton wasn't playing, right? right? As much. There he, will be times this year when Kyle Hamilton's yeah. not on the field. They're, and they're, they're not going to play him 100% of the snaps. Right? right, and Houston Griffith needs to be the guy back there. He needs to be able to take control, and he did. He did, mm-hmm. and I, I was very, very impressed. Uh, I was very, very impressed with him today couple things, Vince, here. we got a super chat from Robert. Uh, Robert, we will get to this. <laughs> we absolutely will. We'll get to the offensive part. I want to get to that. Yeah. But I also had another question, Vince, that I actually wanted to answer. Uh, Clint Duggar says, I would like to hear the answer to OC Irish fan at question 258. That I was getting ready to get there. So, <laughs> But, hey, I'm actually That's glad awesome, I stalled man. a little bit because you hit us up That's with awesome. a super chat, Clint, which I appreciate. But I, I want to address this, Vince. Uh, OC Irish fan says, Vince, could you sense any adjustments in the offense to counter the effectiveness of the defensive line? Always felt that was a shortcoming in the past. I want to address this. You don't do that in practice. Not in practice. That's no. not what the point of a practice is. The right. point of a practice is to say, we have some, there's something we're working on today. Today, we're going to work on third down. Today, we're going to work on our inside zone. Today, we're going to work on our counters. You're not out there trying right. to beat the defense per right. se. Now, obviously, you want to be successful and beat the defense. But there are times in practice, Vince, when – you're working on something, they're working on something, but what they're working on is going to be kryptonite to what you're working on. And right. that's okay. Right. That's a exactly. good thing. Yes. One of the issues that I felt was a problem of this offense in the past is far too often they scripted for success, meaning they would kind of put the defense in the positions where, okay, we're going to do this. And so the offense would work on blitz beaters on the day that they knew the defense was working on blitzes. 
that's fine to a degree, but I would rather you not work on that. So that way your quarterback and your lineman and those kind of guys know how to handle it when you don't have a blitz beater called or you don't have the blitz queued up. So sometimes in the practice, like, you know, we got our butts kicked a little bit, but that's okay because th they were throwing stuff at us that we hadn't really seen a lot of. You don't adjust like, hey, we're going to run a, a reverse bootleg to beat that. Right. That's not what you're trying to accomplish right. in practice day. So I want people to understand that, that we don't know necessarily what the offense is working on. As I'm looking at the notes, it sounds like there there was a mostly zone today, mm -hmm. yep. right? So so you don't have your whole repertoire of offense on day twelve of practice, right? To go out there and and, and be successful. So it's okay. That's going to happen sometimes. So I don't want people to to kind of think like, well, gee, uh, why didn't Tommy Reese make adjustments to when they were getting their butts kicked? Because that's not the point of practice, right? And right? I will say, I will say at one point. They were getting hammered. I mean, they, they, the offensive line was getting hammered by the defense. And they they brought, I don't know if it was an all-out blitz, but they brought a couple linebackers as well. And Cone just kind of snuck one out. They, they snuck, a, I can't remember if it was Tyree or Williams, unfortunately. They're both so good with the ball in their hands. This kind of snuck them and just replaced where the linebacker was. Mm -hmm. And Cone just hit them. And they gained like 25 yards. Right. Because, right. And, and, which is an adjustment. Right. But I think well, it was kind of an accidental adjustment. But, it but see, was, that's the point. It, that's right, what exactly. you, I've never been in a practice where we said, "Boy, we're getting our butts kicked today. Let's change. Let's get off of what our plan was, <laughs> right? Because right. we don't want to get beat in practice twelve of twenty-five before the first game of the right. year. It just doesn't work like that. These aren't these aren't scrimmages in the traditional sense that you'd have in high school or at the Division three level. Because we actually had regular season scrimmages in D3 yeah, uh, where you'd go against another team. It's not that kind of scrimmage. It's, hey, right. we're working on our stuff, and now we're going to go against the first team defense while working on our stuff. So I just want people to understand that every team goes into a practice with an agenda. Today we're focusing on this. Now there will be some days where they will be focusing on blitz speeders, and Marcus Freeman may say to Tom Reese, hey, look, let me know when you guys want to work on um, – you know, when you guys want to work on your blitz beaters, because, you know, we want to work on our blitzes and I kind of want, you know, I want to see how our guys handle yeah, those what happens when they're. Yeah, exactly. And so you'll communicate that way sometimes. But just because we're saying, hey, the defense dominated today doesn't mean the offense sucks, because right. what I was told from multiple sources on both sides of the ball on this past weekend, it was the offense that was taking it to the defense. We just happened to see on a day where the defense was dominating, and that's how you want camp to be. Absolutely. If the offense was out there putting in work on the defense on a daily basis, I'd start getting real nervous about this defense, and I don't care how good the offense is going to be. So people have to understand that, and a lot of the drills that you saw today, Vince, were are, are geared towards the defense, except for one-on-one. -on -one. That's more of an offensive and drill. And I will also say, we, look, we're focused on the defense right now, and we're gonna we're going to talk about the offense. So there's definitely some good things to there's, say about there, the. There, there's things to say about the offense that they, they had right. plays made, and yes. I, I'm excited. And what we have been telling you all for months yeah. is this is going to be one of the best defensive lines in the country. Exactly, it just is. Yeah, right. It so just is. keep yeah. that in mind as right. we're going through this. So. Yes. Anyway, back on track, Vince. Yep. So you so um, you had noticed uh, you had said obviously DJ Brown how had a solid day today. Uh, any other safeties kind of stand out to you in practice today? You know, um, what was it uh, so anything from Justin Walters or KJ Wallace? Any of those guys? Oh, Sixteen or twenty? Wrong side uh, of my notes. Yeah, maybe so, 22, 29. Yes. So uh, so KJ Wallace uh, was starting on safety uh, in the uh, with the second group. And I thought he had a pretty good day today. He had a 
very, very, very athletic interception. That was a tip ball uh, in the end zone. And he laid out, caught it with one hand uh, as it was about to hit the ground. Uh, and, and, you know, there was a ref right in front of him, mm-hmm. said it was a good catch, you know, it was a touchback situation. So I thought I, that was really, really impressive. Uh, I thought Justin Walters actually played pretty well. He had an interception tonight or today. Uh, I thought he played well. So the, the young guys are, are are coming to play. I can tell you that. Philip Riley, I thought I had a good day today. Uh, there, there was a point where Ramon Henderson made a mistake. And then I'm trying to remember the sequence of events. He made a mistake. And then uh, Philip Riley goes in for him. He tips the ball. And that's the one uh, that Justin Walters intercepted, I okay. do believe, off the top of my head. So okay. like, he went in, immediately makes a play. I mean, it was it was fantastic. Um, and I saw in the one-on-one notes that uh, Lorenzo Styles Jr. beat Philip Riley for a touchdown in red zone. But you have on there, you know, it was clearly good coverage. It's just it was a great ball and a great catch by Lorenzo and, Styles. That's going to happen. And, and 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 again, in one-on-ones, it's set up for the offense to be successful. I mean, it just mm-hmm. is. And you know, you can get shook in space. I mean, there, there's all these different things that the offense can do to the defense in one-on-ones. But the defense hung tough. I mean, they they were they were there. They were making plays, but it's it's made for the offense to be successful for sure. And then I have here on notes, I have the offense of the 17 red zone one-on-one reps. You have the offense scored on 10 of the 17. There was one play that was a drop, or actually two two drops during that period of time. I was told the other day for so that's a pretty good day for the defense to to yeah. stop them on almost half the reps. I was told again the other day, as an example, I was told the offense scored on them in the team period scored almost every time that they got the ball against the defense. So that's there's gonna be that when you're a good team, there's right. gonna be back and forth. There's gonna be days right. where one side of the ball gets over the other. So people I'm saying this because I'm reading the comments and I'm seeing okay. a lot of panicking about the offense. Okay. That's don't what panic. camp is like. You're yeah, gonna have you look, I was on a national championship team and we were fueled by our offense and our pass game. There were some days where we could not complete a pass in fall camp. Okay. It's just it's gonna happen. Okay, so and you've had practice every right. day, for the and last we're hearing week. different reports on different yeah. days. One day it's the offense, one day, and that's right. part of the deal. So, yeah. and it was hot today too. And like, right now we're focusing on yeah. the, the the defense, so we're focusing yep. on the positives of the defense. Yeah, we'll get to one that's a little bit start talking about the offense. Right. Cam Hart, you said nobody else can catch it. The only person that can catch a pass on Cam Hart's Kevin Austin. Right, is what you told me. The, yeah, the question yeah. that I asked yeah. you, Vince, and I'm going to ask it now so people can hear the question because I thought your answer was great. From we talked about Cam Hart. My question was, is he just getting beat by Kevin Austin or is he there? And it's a combination of Austin making great throws, or I mean catches and the quarterback or the quarterbacks making great throws. Like, why is that the one guy that can beat Cam Hart? Yeah. So Cam Hart is living in Kevin Austin's back pocket. I mean, he's right there. He's his shadow, for goodness sakes. He's not he's not getting shook. He's not getting beat. It's not like his guy is getting released and it's a coverage bust. It's just that Kevin Austin's that good. I mean, I, I hate to say it that way, but that's just the case. And and there's a lot of other good receivers on this team, and nobody else is manhandling Cam Hart like Kevin Austin. Manhandling's mm-hmm. not the right word. I I, I don't want making to plays. Out. But Kevin Austin is just making plays. I think people are going to be genuinely excited when they watch Kevin Austin play the game of football. I mean, he's, he's knock he's on just, wood for him being healthy enough to get to that point. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. But he's playing. He's making so many plays right now in camp that I feel sorry for whoever's guarding him. And nine times out of ten, it's Cam Hart. It just it it just is what it is. And, and Cam Hart, I think, is having a good camp. I, I really I don't know what your sources are telling you, 
But I feel like yeah, that's, that's a good exactly. camp. I mean, that's what they've been telling me. Like his coverage yeah. has been really good. Nobody else yeah. can complete a pass on him except yes. Kevin Austin. Right. And if that's the case, that's just going to make Cam Hart better. Right. You know, when it when it comes down to the, when the regular season starts. So I, I just I don't want people to freak out because Cam Hart's probably your number one corner right now. At least that's what mm-hmm. I'm seeing when I watch this team. Uh, in the few opportunities that I've had, he's the number one guy. There's only one guy beating him. And it's the number one guy on the offense, and he'd be the number one guy on pretty much anybody's offense right now. So it, it's it's kind of a give and take, like you said, um, but I still like what Cam Hart's bringing to the table. I, I really do. So let's transition to the offense, and let's talk about okay. the receivers. Just overall, Vince, what did you see? Now, again, today your focus was mostly on the defense. Right. Right? Because we And part of this, too, is we haven't talked a lot about the defense because when, when Vince is at most of the practices, they're in the indoor facility – the media is where the offense is, but then the defense leaves, goes outside on a different field. And so obviously in those instances that you can't really see what's right. going on. It's it's a pain in the neck because they have three different fields they're right. working on and, and the defense right. plays on the middle field. <laughs> like there's and no, it, by the time you can get down there and walk around to the defense, it, it, those periods are over. So. And they don't let you in between the fields. You can only go on the perimeter right. outside. So it's very, it's very frustrating. So we wanted um, to focus but, on the defense a lot today, but you yes. did have some observations about the oh, offense, yeah. obviously, during oh, a lot because yeah. a lot of these times we're offense going against defense. And then obviously Chris was there watching the offensive line. So yeah, uh sounds like Jarrett Patterson had a pretty good day. We'll get to the offensive no line here a little there. bit. But I do want to talk about the skill of players first. Let me just get this real quick. John A1 with the oh, super John. chat. John, thank you very, very What's much. Up, John that. says this show is awesome. Just joining today was the energy high at practice today. What can the staff do to keep guys uh, energy at a high level? Did Nana or Alex Ahrensberger flash at all? So first, Vince, I want to talk about just the energy level, but also and in, in, in why that's such an important thing to evaluate 12 practices. Because we are now for starting really, I'd say probably Tuesday into Monday or Tuesday, this is the hardest part of fall camp. That middle period of you fall camp. To drag. Well, yeah. and you're also this is the part where you kind of push them to their breaking point and find out where that is, and then you pull back. So this is going to be the grueling part of practice. Yes. And, and and obviously today it's in South Bend. It's 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 a little a little hot outside today. Uh, a little it's, humid outside it's, today. It's 88. I mean, and, and, humid. and humid. We've it's had a lot humid. more humidity this summer yeah. than we normally do. Yeah. Uh, so so great Vince, prep for Florida State. Yes. So I wanna I wanna get the answer to that first part of the question is 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 what was the energy level like today? The energy level has been high in every practice that I've been to. And it it's led by uh so on defense, it's led by MTA, it's led by uh Jason Adamiola, it's led by uh, Drew White, it's Led by Kyle Hamilton. Even though Kyle Hamilton, I want—I do want to note this. Even though Kyle Hamilton wasn't in uh, a lot of plays, he was on the sideline coaching guys up. Number one and number two, cheering them on. Like he got yeah. hype uh, when uh, Walters made his interception. Like threw a water bottle in the air. Like it's—it's it's hype right now. I'm telling you. So defensively, there's a bunch of guys hyping everybody up. Of course, offensively, Kyron Williams is is the big hype man. Patterson is the kind of the leader on the offensive line. He gets those guys fired up. All Braden Lindsay, I mean, he he just he was I think he came out of the womb talking, right? I mean, he he's just a guy that is is a fired up guy. Um, so I mean, there, there's the energy is very very high at practice, which is great. Has see. not always been the case. For <laughs> That's Day. true. That is a very true there's story. been a lot of f- f- uh, I would say forced enthusiasm in the past. Sure, 
But honestly, John and, and and Vince, you can you can just what Vince is saying, what we've talked about, talking to sources. That's not and, and, and just from our coaching experience, you can't force that. Nope. You you can't force MTA to act the way he does. You can't sit down with Jason Adamiola and say, "Look, I know you're a quiet personality, but we right. need you to talk more." Doesn't work. Right. 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 It, you, you know, it's just like you don't go to Kurt Heinz and say, "Hey, man, we need you to calm down." You need to let they got to be themselves, right? Exactly. And so when you look at Maris and he's, that's just who Maris is, but that's right. what you want because then here's the reason why that's important. You want to know, I loved it when defensive players would talk trash and get my guy's face. Cause you know what I was going to find out? I was going to find out what kind of, what kind of, what kind of guts that, that my kids yeah. had. Okay. Exactly. He's going to get in your face. Uh, one of two things is one of three things going to happen. Number one is you're going to put your head down and just be defeated. Right. right. I just learned that you're not a guy I can go to battle with. Right. Number two, you're going to chirp back and get you out of your game. And then now you're not making plays because you're so worried about talking that you're exactly. not. Even, or a guy's going to have a response, whether verbal or nonverbal, of, okay, you want to run your mouth? Here we Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, exactly. So I think those are the things that is great for practice. Yes. Uh, you, you have to, but it has to be natural. You have it, it can't be forced, right? And so that's that part of this energy level is it's a confident team, but it's a team that has a lot of guys that that have no Kyron Williams. If Kyron Williams is on the field and at practice, there's going to be energy on offense. Absolutely, it just is. If yep. Maris Luafau and Jason Adamiola and Myron Tungvaloa are and Kyle Hamilton are at your practice. There's going to be energy on defense. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing. Yep. So, you know, John's question was, what can the staff do to keep guys' energy at a high level? There's recruit the right players. I was just going to say that. You got to recruit the right dudes. No, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, not, yeah. it's a serious answer because, yeah. again, especially in camp, you can't force that. Right. Just like you can't force confidence on your team in the fourth quarter against Alabama. They either have right. it or they don't. And, and it's about recruiting the right players, but then also putting those players in position to lead by example. And I think one of the things that we've seen – in the past is is sort of a tamping down of that energy and and this does this this these coordinators aren't that way marcus freeman as you saw today is a talkative dude oh yeah tommy reese is a competitive dude oh yeah i have heard that there has been a lot of fun trash talking between the offensive defense and and i mean fun like in a good way yeah. Well, that's Tommy Reese. Did you mm-hmm. watch him play? Say what you mm-hmm. want about whatever things you about a court. But Tommy Reese was a dude to play with some intensity. Yep. And he coaches with intensity. And that's going to, it's, but it's not the same kind of tear you down. Like I, I've said this before. I, from what I've been told, there are Tommy's a young coach. There are times that, that I've heard he's ripped into guys when I'd say, yeah, you, you can't do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about coaching with energy, coaching with enthusiasm. And he does that. Yep. Marcus yep. Freeman does that. So that's part of it too, is, is as a coach, what can a staff do? Lead by example, mm-hmm. right? That's something that you can do. You ever wonder why the defense flew around to the ball so much the last three years? Because Clark Lee made every coach run from drill to drill. If the players are going to be asked to do it, the coaches are going to do it. Well, Marcus Freeman has an energy about him. So guys like MTA, guys like Jason Adamiola, guys like Maris Lofau, guys like Kyle Hamilton, guys like Houston Griffith are going to come out of that shell because it's not yep. so much the intellectual thing like it used to be. It's, hey, coach is fired up. I'm fired up. Yep. And I think you have an offensive coordinator that's going to have a similar personality to Kevin Austin, to Braden Lindsey, to Michael Mayer, to Kyron Williams. That's going to bring that out. So as far as what the staff can do, let that energy breathe. Yeah. Don't 
put that fire out, which is something they've done in the past. They just have. And so you can be assured. So the last time I heard that the offense had a really bad practice, right, the next day, the next practice, I was told they destroyed the defense, <laughs> destroyed the defense in practice. That's what you want to see, right? Competition, and that yeah. tells me that the offensive coordinator got a little pissed off and <laughs> was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> we're going to see what again. you guys are made of next right. time. Exactly. So I just want people to understand that there's there's going to be a lot of that in fall camp. Uh, and then finally, um, Nana and Alex. Nana was running with the twos. Uh, he was the backup big end, the strong end. I wonder what would happen if something happens to MTA. I, I would assume that Justin is going to slide back over to big end. I, I Excuse me, but I'm not sure. Um, and, and so we'll see because obviously Justin is cross-training between both of those positions. He didn't stand out to me, um, but not in a good way or a bad way. Like he wasn't getting his butt kicked mm -hmm. or anything, and I was like, "Oh boy!" Uh, but it so he didn't really stand out to me. Right. Alex did. Chris had a note uh, okay. who, during one on ones. I guess that uh, Michael Carmody went three for three on his first three one on one reps, but Nan, I got him supposedly really good on the last one. Had a real nice push go. pull. Yeah. Uh, and, and beat him on that. So that is there the one go. thing that perfect. we did see from Nana today. Perfect, 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 perfect. Love that. Well, we didn't see that. Y'all right. saw that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, well, I didn't see it either because he was down with the one-on-one. Right. -on -one. I'm just going through Chris's but, yeah. notes of but what Alex, he had today. Yeah. I, I thought Alex had a good day today. Um, He was working with the threes, Uh, but he, he was – he had he was paying rent in the backfield. Uh, I mean, he he was doing a pretty good job of getting back there. Again, he's long and athletic as well, uh, kind of in the style of a Riley Mills, but Riley Mills is thicker and bigger. Um, and I, I think that maybe that could be Aaronsberger someday, um, just not yet, right? So, but they're very similar players uh, to me. So uh, I, I thought that he had a pretty good day as well. So. Any other receivers? Oh, actually, we've got a couple more super chats yeah. here from Michael Johnson. Michael, thank you so much. Loyal listener, Michael Johnson is, Thanks, and also man. with the super chat. I appreciate that, Michael, very, very much. And as we've said before, Michael is clearly has one of the best dressed avatars that we have. Seriously, dude, I can't hold a candle to that. So it goes 76. Uh, also with the super chat, thank you also very, very yes, much for that. Season is coming soon. Getting excited. Go Irish. Keep it up, guys. Thanks for all you do. You are welcome. And I did want to show this. This was not a super chat, but I think it needs to be said. Ty B says, hey, Brian, Vince held down the fort the other day. Y'all are the best duo in the biz, IB Nation. Listen, I want to explain something to y'all, and, and I mean this. Right. I'm going to I'm going to make this about me for a second. Right. <laughs> uh, which some people are like you always do that. But whatever. <laughs> I'm definitely doing it this time. Uh, Irish Breakdown is is my company. It's like it's my livelihood. It's my business. It's it's I mean, when when you hear that, it's like if it if you have a bad opinion of it, that reflects on me. I have there's a reason no one really hosts this show except for me. I've allowed not allowed, but I've had Vince. I've asked Vince to do a show with him and Sean and Vince do a solo show. Because there's nobody on this planet that I would trust more to be able to represent Irish Breakdown and give you all great content than that guy. I'm trying to remember how to point to you than that guy. So uh, if I if I had any doubt that Vince could not hold down the fort, I just said, "Hey, no show today, right?" Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, and and that, we had to do that yesterday because Vince had a busy day at work and and we were getting slammed with just the new hires and things like that. So we knew to do show yesterday, but uh, Vince, thank you for holding down the fort the other day after practice. I appreciate that very very much. So Absolutely, he certainly had my back because it wasn't that. expected to be a solo show. Right. But I was like, "Hey man, can you take can you handle this for me?" And he stepped <laughs> up and, and got it done. So no, I appreciate that and That's I appreciate stuff, the kind man. words. But uh, 
Yeah, Vince Vince absolutely can hold down the fort. Back to receivers. Anybody else kind of stand out for you today? So there was a play early on uh, in the scrimmage period, and it was a play where uh, Braden Lindsey, uh, and so I was wrong, by the way, when I told you this earlier, Brian. It was Braden Lindsey. He got loose down the sideline, uh, and I don't want to say he got loose, but he got in between the cover two. He found the bubble in the cover two okay. right down the sideline there. And Jack Cohn just made a beautiful throw. I mean, just a gorgeous in steps, in stride throw to Braden Lindsay. And all he had to do is just beep, boop. And then he was to the house, mm-hmm. man. Like it was like everybody that was in the stadium, because there was, I, I don't know if it was family or some faculty, but there was some kids and stuff. They were Probably on the other faculty side. Faculty and students. Yeah. They were That's on the what other side of the done on this day. Yeah, yeah. They were on the other side of the stadium. Media was on our side. And everybody in the place is like, oh, we want more of that. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was just a beautiful thrown it? ball. No, 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 no. It oh, okay. was he, he caught it and took it to the house. Okay. Like it was. You're like, all was, he had to do was this. And I'm thinking, like, oh, Curry, all he had to do, but he dropped it. I'm like <laughs> waiting on the I'm waiting but, on the negative, like, oh, waiting man. on the butt. Yeah. No, it was it was a perfectly executed play. There was nothing the defense could do about it. Like it was, it was Except perfection. Get off the hash quicker. Yeah, it was. Yeah, right. It, it it was just. I was very impressed with that. Everybody around us was very impressed with that. It kind of gave a glimpse of what Braden Lindsay is kind of becoming uh, in this offense. Mm-hmm. He's more than just a deep threat, uh, and I know he talked about that in his recent meeting with the media. It's true. I mean, he, I thought his route running today was way above par. That's uh, never I, been a strength of his. Right. I, I thought his route fast. running was was very good today. I I thought especially kind of down in the red zone, you know, things of that nature where you kind of have to be more precise because you're in a, a shrunken area of the field. Um, he was getting rid of guys, not because of his speed, but because of his route running, Yeah, uh, which I was very impressed with. Yeah, I, I think lethal combination. Look, I think Braden Lindsay is going to have a big year. Again, you're going to have he's to keep him healthy. He's got to stay healthy. But I think he – and he's playing with, with just a swagger. And I mean that yeah. in the most positive way possible. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I love that. Can I be honest with you? Absolutely. The knock on Braden Lindsay from people I've talked to in the past is that they don't know if he loves football. That's just – I'm just being real with you. Yeah. I don't have that opinion because I don't know. I'm not around him every day. Sure. From talking to some of, the, some of those people that are still around – that's the thing that's kind of caught people by surprise is he's got a different attitude and yeah. different outlook. Like I think he caught wind of that criticism and was like, cause I think what happens sometimes is a guy that has interests outside of football, you know, he's got friends. He he's got, I mean, there's other things that interest Brayden Lindsay besides just football. A guy can kind of get falsely accused of, well, he just doesn't love football. Sure. Because he actually is smart and does other things and, all and that. has other interests. Like, yeah. And I think he caught wind of that, and he kind of was pissed off yesterday when he was talking. Like he he didn't have like he had a swagger to him, but it wasn't like a I'm the man swagger. It was like a wait till y'all see what I'm yeah. about to do this year swagger yes. to him. And he's yeah. backing it up in practice. He is. I, I mean, love that it, man. And, and it's not just today. I've heard this three of the last four days. I've got intel. Well, and one of the they things they can't guard Brain Lindsay. Yeah, one of the things that they do uh, during FSA, so during like the dynamic warm up period and everything on the big jumbotron and they've got one in the indoor facility and they've obviously got one at the stadium. One of the things they do is they show highlights from previous love, practices. Love that. And 
I would a lot of those highlights are Braden Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just yeah. making plays, man. I'm telling you. Now here's the question, you. Vince, and I'll ask you this, and I'll share what I've been told by my sources. When yeah. I start hearing about how they can't guard Braden Lindsay, they can't guard Kevin Austin, my first thought is, okay, are the DBs just not that good? Yeah. So I'll ask you, and then I'll share with you kind of what my sources have told me. I, I feel like the DBs are playing well. It's just they're is going they're guarding up. everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Look. I think that uh, Clarence Lewis had a rough day today, um, and, not, and I'm not saying he played poorly. I just felt like he was a little Got maybe a step slow at times, whatever. Um, so I'm again, I'm not going to say everybody played well because they didn't, right? I, I thought Clarence Lewis had a bit of a rough day. I thought Tariq Bracy had a little bit of a rough day, um, but it's part of it's because of how well this offense is humming in the pass game. It, mm-hmm. it just is. Um, and so I'm not worried about it yet. I'm really not. I, I'm I'm not worried about it yet because they're in good position. It's just these wide receivers are making plays. They they are. They're making plays. Avery Davis made a couple of nice plays today. You know, um, obviously Kevin Austin made plays. Braden Lindsey made plays. You know, I I just I feel like I feel like the offense is ahead of the defense. Maybe from a uh, a skill position stand, standpoint. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just feel that way. But and that, that should be something that people find comfort in. Yeah. And, and what my yeah. sources have told me of basically like, hey, do you remember fall camp of 2018? Vince, you do. I remember thinking Julian Love's going to suck this year. Right. Like he was all spring, he was, he was Miles Boykin's you-know-what, mm-hmm. right? Yep. All fall camp, Troy Pride and, and Miles Boykin, or I mean Julian Love, got torched in practice every single day it seemed like by miles boykin and chase claypool right and we're thinking like are these guys because remember this is before they had broke like julian had that really productive year in 2017 but troy was just kind of a late season starter and you're like man they're gonna be they're gonna struggle corner this year right come to find out Notre Dame in 2018 had one of the five best cornerback tandems in all of college football it's just that nobody else could cover miles boykin and chase claypool right including clemson Okay, if we want to go there again. Yeah, we can. Right? Uh, So from my sources, and and look, there's been times in the recent years where I've had people say, yeah, our corners are struggling. They're getting beat a lot. They're just not playing well. That's not what I'm hearing from my sources. It's like, no, they're actually doing okay. It's just, you know, these guys are – Braden Lindsay and Kevin Austin especially have separated themselves as kind of the top two guys. Now, Lawrence Keyes is having a great camp, but Lawrence is out a few days, right? Now, Mm -hmm. he's back now. Xavier Watts has been out for almost a week now, I believe. Uh, well, not since the, la- the practice he went out. He has not been back since the practice that he – I think it was last week. Yeah, he he was uh, – he did some individual drill yeah, stuff, but, but he was not, not involved in any right. team. He's still coming like back that, from, I so. believe, a hamstring injury. Okay, okay. Jaden Thomas is out. So there's yep. some guys that are out, but I've been told over the last week it's been Kevin Austin and Brayden Lindsey's show. And it's not that they're, they're – they're, let's just put it this way. The coaches aren't worried about the DBs. Like they had, they right. were last year. They were right. last year. I mean, my source was saying, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> you know, and, and other than Nick McLeod, I don't really know what's going on. You know, sure. uh, that's not what we're hearing. They're confident in those guys. It's just like, you know what? We can't cover those two. Do you know who else isn't going to cover those two teams? One through 12 on the yeah. schedule. Absolutely. At least that's, now again, we'll find out if that's true or not. Sure. Right. Again, we don't know. We've seen two full practices. Right. Uh, but that's just what our sources are telling us. And so uh, 
keep that in mind because we saw this show before. I mean, it was it got embarrassing in fall camp in 2018 watching Troy Pride and Julian Love trying to cover Boykin and Claypool. It was yeah. like, oh my god, this is this is embarrassing. And that I agree, and it's the same. It feels like the same situation this year. It really does. I, I don't. When I watch the DBs, when I watch the corners, I don't feel like they're getting their butts handed to them. You know, but yeah, they're getting there's not like bad technique. It's not right. man, they look slow. It's just boy, yeah, they're good. Yeah, and as coaches, and we've done this a long time. We can again. I'm saying we generally. Vince was obviously there, but you and I'm talking about the nerd. You can tell when a guy's just getting beat, and when a guy's getting beat by somebody's just way better than him. Right. And and that that's the thing. And and so it's this is what Lindsay and Austin we've always hoped they were going to be. We're not going to talk about too much because I don't want to jinx it. And you know with their 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 histories, but uh, yeah. it's certainly a good sign. Let's let's another guy that I, so I Vince you can add to this, but Mike Cutton called me after practice too, and he was like. Because Mike Cutton's our new beat writer. For those that don't know, we hired Mike. Uh, Mike is still getting acclimated to the team, and he asked me. He calls me. He goes, "Who's 84?" So that's Kevin mm-hmm. Bowman. He goes, "He was really good today. He was." Uh, Mike is coming with no agenda. He doesn't know about his injury history. Who's the number one, two, or three? He goes. He goes. Other than Mayer, he was really impressive today. He knew he, who Michael Mayer was. Didn't know who 84 was. He looked that's like Kevin the number Bowman. two tight end today. Um, and and he was rotating in with the ones. Uh. Takis was still rotating as the number two tight end, but Bauman looked like the number two tight end today, yeah. at least in the past game. I, and he made he made some spectacular catches in the red zone. Um, again, great coverage. There was one play, and I can't remember who the DB was, but I'm he gonna was look in, it up in the notes here real quick. So he was in front. Um, he he was in. You said front. it was in the red zone, right? In the red zone, yeah, yeah. I've got the same. Okay, notes. it's versus Houston Griffith, and, it, okay. and the note says great coverage, even though it was ca- caught for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. It just he stretched every inch of every part of his body that he had. Houston Griffith was in front of him, and and Bauman went to his to his left, all the way stretched out, just fingertip the ball. Brought it in for a touchdown. I mean, it was an all hands, perfectly placed ball, too. By the way, uh, does it say who the quarterback was? I'm Drew sure Pine. Does. Yeah, yep. perfectly placed ball by Drew Pine, where only his guy was going to come down with it, and he did. Uh, very, very impressive play, and he he made a couple plays in the red zone like that. Um, and, and again, not Houston Griffith's fault. That that the kid was just he's just big, bigger, longer, and was able to go up and get that ball. I mean, it was. It was a an athletic catch, very impressive, and it was good to see Kevin Bauman making some plays because mm-hmm. he's been a little MIA so far. Well, and he's been hurt so much in his seen. career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just he was banged up as a freshman at times, right. and he was banged up in the spring. Didn't practice much in the spring. Was a little little behind getting acclimated in fall camp. Sure. And I've you know I, I was told by someone the other day that said, "Don't be surprised if Kevin Bauman ends up winning the number two tight end job." Yeah. So. Um, it's going to be an interesting battle these next 13 practices to see who wins that job. But it was it was nice to hear. Was, I was like, uh, kind of like good for Kevin, right? Like just because he's he's needed to break, right? Because it's he's been submitting. So it's nice to have him healthy because again, another highly ranked right. tight end, you know, coming out. So right, uh, good to see him there today. Running backs, I we didn't get a chance to see much because the offensive line, but I did see in the notes that Chris had that no, he kept having number 22, great move, 22, yeah. great move. So That's Logan Diggs, by the way, yeah. So so Logan Diggs is the is the running back that stood out. Now let me preface this with the fact that Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree did just fine. Like they right. were they were still the number one guys. They right. look great. Okay, 
But Logan Diggs stood out. I mean, and again, he's going up, he was going up against the twos and threes. He would he would kind of rotate into both, right? He had one run where uh he made a couple guys miss in the hole, bounced it outside, made another DB miss, and just barely got caught from behind uh, because he hadn't he didn't have a chance to get up the full speed yet after and just, the downfield and, move and just got tripped up at the twenty yard like a shoestringer type mm-hmm. situation, but it was electric like that got mm-hmm. the whole stadium of people fired up. His like, feet he, are. In, I've been saying this since Notre Dame got him. Man, he has incredible balance and feet. Incredible it, balance and feet. It was it was nice to be able to see him kind of use his natural athletic ability kind of on the outside. You know what I mean? And it was it was something. Because- and you say he's going against the twos and threes, but it's like it says something when a guy dominates against that level. It says he doesn't he doesn't necessarily belong there. Sure. He's going to be there all year because of 23 and 25. Because, yeah, right. it's just a stacked room. Yeah. I mean, it just is. Right. You know, and 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 look, uh, Audric Estime didn't necessarily stand out, but – Different back, you know. He, he's, he's a different exactly. kind of back. Yeah, yeah. And and what they were doing, I don't think necessarily is what Audric Estime is going to be. Because it sounds like it was sort of an inside outside zone day, right? Is what right. it sounds like it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and he can do those things, but you know, it's it's just a little different kind of thing. Yeah. So. And and he and got Logan caught up Biggs in the wash a lot. I mean, it's really not his good. fault. I mean, right. yeah. It, yeah. it just we've seen Estime at other practices ball out. I mean. Right. It's just that Logan Diggs balled out today. And, and he's he balled out every other time you've seen him as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They they have a very t- talented back backfield. There's no doubt. There's, <laughs> yeah. there, there's no doubt. You know, yeah, but again, it, it all starts with the first two. It starts with Kyron and his energy and his toughness and his ability yep. and his versatility and then Kyrie's Tyree's explosiveness. So yep. uh, it, no it's question. a good deal. Let's um let's kind of talk about the offensive line a little bit, Vince. Okay. So obviously Josh Lug didn't play a ton today. Now right. I've heard he's had a very good fall camp, and you've said that from the times you've been there that Josh Lug has been very, good. very physical. I watched him in some one-on-one, not one-on-one, but like some uh, double team type drills and, and, and things of that nature. He's Going up against punch. the defense yeah. in like half line—that's that, mm-hmm. really what it was. Just punishing people. I mean, mm-hmm. he just—he has looked to me very, very good. Gets to the next level very well, if need be. Uh, I thought his feet have been looking really, really good. I, I think Josh Lug. I, I heard a. Uh, somebody from another site um, say, you know, well, you know, Brian Kelly said that Josh Lug is going to play. They didn't necessarily say he was going to start. You know, um, yeah, that's what he was. That's exactly what he was intending. He was meaning he's going to play. That's exactly what he meant. He was, of course, he was talking about starting. Like, I, I just, I just wanted to, like, what, what are you seeing that other people aren't seeing? Because he elaborated that. Well, you know, Josh Baker is probably going to start, and and all this other, and and Lug will just be ready to insert. You know, like, like what are you yeah. talking about? Let's move I on just, from that nonsense. Sorry, real quick. But so I, yeah, my point is, Josh Lug yeah. has been doing very, very well in fall camp. He's absolutely starting. I, I did want to ask you this because this is kind of our first chance to see him for a you know like first two chances this practice last does does Jared Patterson look like he's healthy? I don't care about how he played. I mean, Jared Patterson, Jared Patterson. Uh, did he look healthy? Does he is he coming off the line quickly? Is he is he showing you know the, the quickness and burst that you that we that we want to see from him? Does he looks good to me? Okay, I mean, good. he he looks like he, he's at his old form to me. Good. Okay. Uh, when I would had a chance to kind of focus in on him, I, I thought he he looked really good. Honestly. Okay, so yeah. it looks doesn't look like the foot injury has had any lingering, any, any nothing lingering from that. Okay, no, so, not to me. Now here's an interesting thing that you told me. There were times today when the with the, was it with the first group. Uh, where 
where you had Zeke Carell at center. Yes. And Andrew Christophica guard. Yes. And they were running with the ones. <laughs> uh, Sorry, they were, you just told me I, who actually said that. Yeah. It just makes me funny because that guy's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, yeah. Uh, most opinionated O-line person on the planet that knows nothing about the O-line. So yeah, I'm sorry. I just thought wrong. that was funny. Um, please, please continue with. You said basically it looks like. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, please. I, yeah, I got you. I got you. So it appeared it appeared like that. It might be the contingency plan if Jared Patterson goes down, uh, moving Zeke Carell back over to center and having Andrew Kristofik, uh at guard, which you and I talked about like an interesting move because right now Kristofik is getting number two center reps. So if your center goes down, apparently it's not going to be Andrew Kristofik at center. Now, potentially, but am I extrapolating too much from this? I very well could be. There's two ways to look at it, Vince. One is they're trying to make sure they get a third center ready because as we learned last year, you may need a third snapper. Good point. Good point. And so it's one of two things, which is number one. Well, if, if one of these guards goes down, if Christophic's your next be- next best lineman, he needs some work at guard. What happens if Christophic goes down and Patterson goes down, which we saw last year? You need to make sure Zeke's got some snaps sure. there too. So it could be that way yeah. too. Which would make it sense. It could be that Zeke is the third center. And so, because this is the first I've heard this. Good point. Right? So yeah. it could just be a situation of, hey, we need to make sure Zeke stays sharp with being able to play center just in case. And if they get into a game and maybe maybe Christophic is struggling with the calls and snapping and things like that, well, what do you do? You're not going to put Pat Coogan in the game. Right. So I actually kind of like it when you told me that. It was kind of interesting at first. Like, huh, that's interesting. But then I started thinking about it, like, oh, well, maybe it's just that they're – That's a good point. That they're working on getting Zeke ready to be the third center and, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. so, or you may say, hey, look, Christophic's our next best guy. But he doesn't have center down to the point yet where you'd want to start him there. But sure. we know he can play, right? So there's a whole, there's all types yeah. of contingency plans that it could make sense for that. And frankly, and I'm I happy they're, like doing they're doing it, it. Yeah. now. Um, and they did it in front of us, which I was a little surprised about. Um, but but still, yeah. I mean, look, I'm a huge Zeke Carell fan at center, so I mean, I know that he can play that yeah, position. You were fired up. So first thing you texted me from press, like Zeke's taking reps with the yeah. ones center. It's like, what is happening? Why, why is my world spinning? Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was interesting development, right? And so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and see what kind of materializes from that. Um, that That's actually one question I would have asked in the press conference, but I was busy coming home preparing for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if it was addressed in the press conference or not. Probably not. I, mean, I didn't see it. All, no. People might have missed it, to be honest with you. If you weren't looking for it, you probably missed it. Um, and so, but yeah, an interesting situation there. We got a couple super chats, Brian. Yes, we got two back to back. Curtis yeah. Hewitt with the $20 super chat. Curtis, thank you so, so much. That That's is awesome, amazing man. and very much appreciated. Can't wait to get the season started. This year will be the best with you guys having your feedback and analysis. Thanks for the hard work. Go Irish. Thank you, Curtis. Thanks, Curtis. Very, 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 very much. Patrick Barnes also throwing in the super <sighs> chat. Thanks for the practice update. You are welcome. So these are the things I like. This is the, obviously the fun part because, you know, we get a chance to see this team play and having yeah. Vince there has been really helpful, um, you know, very helpful. So we can kind of get an idea of like actually people who know football talking about the team <laughs> as opposed to the person that said Josh Lugg's not going to start and Tosh Baker's going to start at tackle over Josh Lugg. Good but, stuff. Uh, go ahead. Good stuff. Anyway, um, 
So uh, it sounds so, yeah. like the, the big struggle today on the offensive line was with Kane Madden. Yeah, hard. You know, and it was I, one on. So just so people, it was one on ones and team. It yes. sounds like is when he was struggling. So I, why, why don't you describe kind of what Chris's notes? Yeah. So talk basically, talking first. to Chris, Chris is a you know again coached offensive line with Vince before, so he's an O line guy, and it was good to have him there. But he basically said the the big thing was is that Kane was it, his technique was basically struggling today. He mm-hmm. would instead of stepping and firing off, he would kind of hop, you know, kind of hop and catch. Uh, and it sounds like you talked to him a little bit about just whether that was an issue overall with the offensive line. Uh, you can address that, but it just basically was like he was hopping and catching as opposed to firing off and, and with your proper technique using. And when and this is this wasn't necessarily an issue for him at Marshall a ton. I didn't see it anyway, because what happens is is when you kind of hop out of your stance like that, you lose your base. Yep. Well, when you're six two, your base is the most important thing. You have to have your base. And if you're a guy like him who's not super athletic and, and you are short, you, you you can never lose your base. You have to have that good, and it sounds like that's what he's doing. And when you hop like that, you're going to be naturally on more of the flat part of your feet, which then makes it impossible almost to handle any kind of athletic move. And it sounds like from, from what you and Chris were saying, yeah. the athletic – and this is the concern that we had when they signed him is – if it's power football, he's going to be fine. But if it's playing playing against athletes, then I'm concerned. And that's what he faces on a day-to-day basis with Notre Dame is athletes. Right. He's not facing but 320-pounders. He's facing and that's what he That's what he saw against Jason Adamiola. That's what he saw against Riley Mills. You know, that's what he saw against Aaronsberger, right? I mean, the, the those- last video practice you had was Coward Cross was beating him off the ball. So right. this wasn't even this practice. It was the last practice clips we had. We had one uh, t- half-line thing, and it was Howard Cross just blowing past him off the ball. Right. That's that's going to have to get a and and look, we're we're halfway through fall camp, and we're still having these issues. So it concerns me to a degree. I will say that. I will also say that in defense of Jeff Quinn, when he was doing this in one on ones, Jeff Quinn pulled him aside, He's coaching him up. He's, He's coaching, coaching him up. up, right? So Jeff Quinn sees the problem. Okay, we'll we'll find out if he can fix it or not. That's exactly, exactly. Co- some coaches can recognize things and know it's a problem, sure. but not know how to get not know how to coach it. Absolutely, some, some see it, they coach it up, and it's good to go. Right. So it it is good that it, and it's good that he was addressing it right then because what that tells me when a coach. So what Chris said was, at one point during team, Quinn pulled him out and was getting on him in a coaching manner, which is what you want to do. You don't pull a guy out of practice like that if it's something he's been doing every day. Good it's, point. You react that way Good more point. because wait, what are you doing? Like, what, right. what's going? You where, get where out of here. This? What yeah. is this? Right. Yeah. So, so just to, the the psyche of a coaching staff. You don't. If a guy's been throwing something, you, you don't necessarily pull him out because right. otherwise you're pulling him out every single practice, and that that can be a bad precedent, and it and it's a confidence crusher. So the fact that they were pulling him out today tells me that that, that he was having a bad day. More because again, I don't want to get in fall in the trap of. When we see something that can confirms our preconceived right. thoughts, that we grab on and say, "See, we were right. We've been at two practice. You've been at two practices. Right, exactly. Right? It's, it's a, a small 12. window. It's a small right. window. So it could just be that he had a bad day. And when Chris told me how Quinn was reacting, that Quinn jumped on him during one on ones. Quinn doesn't normally jump on guys during one on ones. And when he pulled him out during team and went right to him, it tells me that." That's not something that they're used to seeing with Kane. Right. So, so 
I do want to temper that a little bit. And look, sometimes it happens. Sometimes guys have bad days. Sure. I mean, Quentin Nelson never really had a bad day. But again, there's that's why Quentin Nelson is Quentin Nelson. <laughs> yeah, right. right. I mean, that's the you don't hold everyone else to that same standard. Right. right. We've seen Ronnie Stanley in the past have bad days. We've seen Alex Bars have bad days. We've seen Liam Eikenberg have bad days. The only the only two guys I don't ever remember seeing have bad days were Robert Hainsey and Quentin Nelson. Just because Hainsey was so steady and Quentin Nelson was just so dominant. I've seen Mike McGlinchey have days where he couldn't block me. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Right. It, it, it's just going to happen, right? So I don't want to overreact to this too much, and it's also why I want to tamp down some of the things that we're seeing in the chats of people panicking is like, this is going to happen in fall camp. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right. So <laughs> <laughs> I already so, read so, it. So my buddy Jason is is trying to he's trying to tweak me. He's already texted me fifteen <laughs> times during the show. All right. So 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 uh, now that I'm ignoring him, he puts a super chat in. But I'm going to take your money, Jason. Uh, so the stinky four one twelve says this question is for Vince. Vince, if you lined up against a Brian Driscoll quarterback led offense in high school, how many strip sacks would you have had? I have the over under at four and a half, and that wow. may be low. You better definitely take the under because wow. I got I got strip sacked once my entire life in practice and in a game. It was against <laughs> Wesley College, my redshirt sophomore year. The dude's name was Andre Summers, I believe. He came up and hit me from behind. He was really fast. I didn't see him. It's the only time I've ever been blindsided in my life. So, Jason, <laughs> you definitely want to strip sack me at P Central Catholic in Pittsburgh, wherever you played. Oh. Big old slow poke. You, I would have been <laughs> oh, shaking you, buddy. Oh uh, man! Just so you all know, Spanky's my guy. That's, That's my friend. Funny. So um, he's That's being funny. he's gonna he's gonna get it. So he's uh, he's trying to bait me into calling him after the show. Vince is what he's trying to do. Hey, and, it, and it's and it worked. That's gonna say <laughs> it worked. Your money. It's gonna work. It's gonna work, man. <laughs> yeah. You know the way. Yeah, uh, but good stuff, but Spanky. little little brevity to the situation. But I did yeah. want to kind of discuss this though, Vince, because I do want to. Uh, and I don't know if you're able to be at the top, but uh, I got bumped down to 223. By the I way, am at the top last super currently. chat. Yeah. So I just want to pump the brakes on. We have to guard against this. You all yeah. have to guard against this. When a guy does something in practice that 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 confirms your preconceived notions, you can't overreact to it more than you would if he if he if he wouldn't have right. Right. Like if he would have had a great day, we're like, oh, we were completely wrong about Caden Madden. But I still need to see it on September fifth, right? Same thing happens Absolutely. when he does, has a bad day. Yeah. Because I've heard reports that he's had he's been good in practice. He's been steady in practice. So today was different, and today was also different than the last time you saw him because he was not getting beat like this the last time you guys right. saw in a full team. Right. So I, I again, when you have twenty five practices, Jack Cohn's going to have a couple days with those four picks. It's just part of the game. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm being, I'm exaggerating a little bit with that. Um, <laughs> oh, Jason, I love you. Oh, I love you. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's good, buddy. I appreciate that. And no, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, I'd have shook you. All right. It's no problem. The rest of your teammates might have eaten me alive, but your slow butt definitely wasn't catching me. <laughs> I hope people understand Jason has like been a friend of mine for over a decade. So I, I the reason I'm busting his chops, I, he's not an, I would say a a a customer per se. So I can be a little meaner to him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but that's my guy. That's funny. That's, that's my guy. Stuff. So so hey, thanks, Spanky. I yeah appreciate yeah. Appreciate both of those, buddy. Very very much. So Vince, can, let's since you're at the top before we get booted down, I, I did want to kind of dive into some questions. So you're yeah, there yeah, if yeah. you want to bring some of those up. Let's just get I, into the questions that people had. 
There's one more thing I wanted to add from practice because uh, we've gotten these questions in the past about punt returns. Uh, they did do some special teams today, and they had the punt return. or It was the punt team, but they had the returners out, right? And I know that people are not going to want to hear this, but the number one punt returner was our guy, Salerno. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was the guy taking first reps. Um, but there were there were four guys total, so I want to make sure you, I get them all out you, there. So so what we've done is we've we've talked about concerns with the O line, and then you've just got people ready to explode, <laughs> and then you you come up with oh by the way Matt Salerno was the number oh one by one. the way Matt Salerno is still slotted as your number one punt returner. Um, Heads are exploding yeah. across. It's like that scene from the Kingsman. <laughs> you know, at the end, you ever see the Kingsman? Yeah. At the end, like when the when the chip goes and all their heads explode, that's like <laughs> happening across yeah, Irish I Breakdown know, Nation I right know. now uh, with but, that comment. You know, I got to be honest. So, uh, but there were three other guys that were catching punts. Uh, so this is the order that they went in. Okay, so you had Matt Salerno going first. You had Kyron Williams going second. Um, let's see. I believe it was yeah, it was Lorenzo Styles going third, and it was uh, Kevin Austin going fourth. Interesting. So I don't know if there was any importance to that order, uh, but the three guys behind Matt Salerno are all athletes. Now, I was, I'm a little concerned that they've got Kevin Austin back there. I don't know that that's yeah. a risk that I'm willing to take, uh, but it, it's three guys that can all make make yeah. things happen. And again, I will remind people, Matt Salerno's an athlete. Like Matt he Salerno's, can, yes. He's an athlete. Like He yes. could be a decent punt returner if they let him return He's punts. fair catching all the time because that's what they tell him to do. Correct. Yes. So yeah. I just want to put that out there right? because people are going to ask. So yeah, we have one I, more. We, we did. Tommy Guns. Brian is one of them Virginia ballers only because of his Ohio roots. Wow. Okay. Uh, when was the last time a Michael Vick came out of Virginia or out of Ohio? That's all I'm saying <laughs> to you. Okay. Okay. Tommy Guns. You freaking Buckeyes. I tell you but what. Thanks for the super chat, Tommy. Yeah. Appreciate that, Tommy. You the man. Appreciate that very much. Oh, right. Ohio people. Thank Here we go. Uh, there are a lot of comments, obviously, uh, but I am going to try to stick to the questions. Yep. Uh, if possible. Uh, let's see here. I didn't listen. Do you, you listen to the press conference, Brian? A L- little bit. Not, not okay. a ton. I, I was more I, I, following along with uh, some of the tweets about okay. it because I was trying to get the practice reports ready. Okay. Then I'm not gonna, uh, I'll and that's why out. I hired a beat writer. I know, you, right? You know what I mean? Seriously. Matt Romero says, was it just me or did BK accidentally call a certain O-lineman Blake Griffin? Well, considering he gets names wrong a lot, I would say yeah, it was probably really it was he did accidentally do it, yes. He, wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> tatted up Irishman, this show is going to be lit. You're right. Hopefully it was. Hopefully we lived up to your expectations. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's see here. It's quite the high oh, bar. Here we go. This one's for you, Brian. Does a subscription to the message boards give access to all of the IB content? I guess what I'm asking is if the message board is all I need to get my Vinny and Brian fix. Yes. Yeah. And this is a little bit of a sneak peek. Uh, there are going to be some things that we put out on the message board only from a video standpoint that will be nowhere else because the reality is, is if we did it in a public forum for everyone to see, it would get, it would get dinged and it would get taken down. So there will be some things we do post game that will only be available to Irish Breakdown subscribers on the website. So nice, but but that's very little. There, almost everything else is something you can get even if you're not necessarily a subscriber. Uh, there are some insights. There's the daily just conversation that we have. You can ask me questions anytime. Mm-hmm. As most of, excuse me, most of you know that follow me on Twitter. I don't really engage a ton on Twitter every, every, anymore. I'll a- answer some questions here and there, but I don't engage as much just because 
I don't work for Twitter and Twitter <laughs> is just like soul sucking. So other than posting Facts. my stories on there, I don't get on there a ton. Message boards, you can do all that, you know, and you there will be some intel. There will be some features this season, especially that will be on the website that will be on the message board only. The link is in the, the Vince, it's in the description bar below, correct? The I believe the it website. is. Yeah, I, I believe I'll, I'll it look is. at it. But, uh, you know, so so yes. But if you're if you're a subscriber to the message board, there there's nothing you won't get. Right. Nothing you won't have access to. And so I, I just want to make sure that people understand that. And that's why I want to make value. And, and again, it's half the price of what every other website yep. charges. Uh, and that's and it's, not, it, content, baby. and it's not an introductory price. It's not after your first year, it's going to go up. It that That's our price. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, we're going to give a ton of content out to people who aren't members of the message board, but also we're going to make sure that people who are, it is just says join the Irish breakdown premium message board is in the is in the description bar below below the built bar ad and below the Irish breakdown merch store. And the nice thing is, is if you sign up for the Irish breakdown message board, if you sign up for a monthly subscription, I give you 10 percent off your next purchase to the Irish breakdown store. If you sign up for an annual yeah. membership, uh, it uh, it gives it 20%, gives 20 uh, percent right? off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We got another uh, super chat. I'll let you grab that one, Brian. Yep, because I don't want you to lose your place. Right. So that's just a, a super chat from Bronx ND fan. Just thanking us for what we do. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Very, very, that's very, awesome. very much. That is awesome. No question. No question. Uh, let's see here. Notre Dame 2164 says, I couldn't believe the compliment Coach Reese gave Mayer in his talk about the offense. I'm so pumped to see what he can do this year. I was told by a source, Vince, that <clears throat> nobody can guard Michael Mayer. And nope. I, my response Not was, I except for Kyle Hamilton. And, and the response was, nobody can guard Michael Mayer. So, okay. We'll see about that. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> we shall see. Okay. Uh, but, no, he. I expect him to have a, a big, big year. And, and, look, that's why it's so important that guys like Austin and Lindsey step up. Yes. Because it's going to be impossible to defend Michael Mayer with two people. Or to squeeze your coverage inside to defend him if you're getting beat on yeah. the outside by those guys. It's yeah, and he was impossible. making and he was making plays all day today. I mean, I didn't bring him up because we know that that's what he does. Yeah, uh, but he was making plays all day today too. Yeah, um, no question about it. And then Demetrius Rex uh, says, "Need to hear some good Jack Cone news." Uh, you'll hear it. He he played well today. He really did. I, I really liked his presence in the pocket. Because at times that pocket was collapsing on him, and there were there were one or two occasions where it collapsed on him, and he threw the ball as he was obviously he wasn't getting hit. He's wearing the red jersey, but as he would have been hit mm-hmm. um, and and making plays. So I, I was very impressed with his pocket presence today. And there were a couple times where he got outside the pocket and made some plays mm-hmm. with his legs too. Yeah. So um, and that's the thing yeah. that, that that I'm that's the thing I'm I'm most curious about because they keep talking about how athletic he is. And we didn't talk a lot about his athleticism other than pocket maneuverability like you talked about because we haven't seen it on film yet. That's the thing I'm most curious to see is how does he handle third downs when the, you know, when, when he's got to make a play with his legs, some of those things that Ian, you know, think of that play that Ian book made in 2018 against USC where he scrambles third and 10 runs for 10 yards, puts his shoulder down, runs the guy over, picks up the first down. Those are the things that we got to see. We got to see from, from Jack Cone that, the Notre Dame coaches are saying he's showing, but we've got to now see it in games. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Nick Mayer says, BK looks like he knows something the majority of the media doesn't. We're going to be really good, but please. We've been saying that for a couple weeks We have been now. saying that. And, I, and from what we actually yeah. said this before the season, that there is a 
when I'm talking to people, there's just a different attitude in the program than I've seen in a long time. It, there really is. There's a, you know, I've said this in the past, Vince, there's a difference between thinking you're going to be really good and knowing you're going to be really good. In a lot of the passages, I think we're going to be really good. Now it's just like, we're going to crush people. It, right. Now, whether they will or they won't, I don't know. I mean, right. But that's just the the attitude. And yes, yep. Brian that's Kelly has attitude. had a different demeanor this year. And it's not, it, it's like, it's not like a fake because he's always kind of had the fake jokes. Like he's got to force jokes, you know? Right. Yeah. But it's it's not that because he's always done that. It's just more of a looseness. He doesn't get as annoyed with questions. And and I think a lot of times yeah. when he gets annoyed with questions is because like I think deep down he kind of knows that this is a problem and he doesn't right. like being challenged. I feel like part of the reason he doesn't get annoyed is because he's like, OK, we'll see. Yeah. And I, you know? I will say he looks see. a little bit looser at practice, too. Um, I think it, I think being more the head coach is helping him. Yes, with that, I agree, and that's that was going to be my point was that he's got a little bit less on his plate um, because he's not the coordinator, right? And, and he can kind of be the head coach. He can wander around. He can do a little schmooze. He's got a lot of confidence in the two guys leading the show. He does. Now, again, right or wrong, it doesn't. <clears throat> that's not the point. I think he'll be right. But right. yes, I agree. Yes. Yep. Tom, Tommy Guns with the super chat. He says, check out the baby swag. So if you don't see, his little baby is wearing a Gap Closer shirt. <laughs> I love that. Tommy also bought a Gap Closers onesie. Oh, We've had a couple stuff. people buy those. I had no plans of doing anything like that, but I literally <laughs> had people at Brandon, who's normally at Plan- Brandon Plensner, who's normally in the chat, uh, is the one who came up with that idea. So he's like, you got to get some baby clothes because he has a baby. And I said, okay, great. all right. We sold onesies. I can't, it's kind of crazy, but <laughs> anyway. It. So, um, uh, and then we had, uh, so yeah, let's get back. Let's get back okay. to the questions, Vince, because I don't yep. want you to get booted before we get to all these. J Premier BK33, big time ND fan from BK, big fan of IB. Learn a lot listening to your show. Yes, I always hit the like button. Any word on Nana? Haven't heard anything on him. Again, Jay, thank you again for your earlier, um, your earlier super chat. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, Nana, he's there. He's working with the twos right now. He's not doing anything overly impressive, but he's not doing anything to not be impressive. I mean, he's mm-hmm. solidly working with the twos right now, which is a good sign for him because he's been buried in the past uh, yeah. with injury and, and, and other stuff. So, I, and, I, and this is a big year for Nana, not so much that he forces his way onto the field, but that he gives them confidence that he's going to be ready to go in and a reliable piece. Yeah, absolutely. In 2020. That's yeah. when they're going to, when, when MTA is gone and, you know, that's when they're going to really need him to force him ways on the field. But you also need to feel good about where he's progressing as a coach to say, hey, we need to go get a grad transfer or we got a force feed to get Tyson Ford ready or whatever the case may be. So right. I mean, that's what makes this a big year for him. Uh, Patrick McGrain with a really good question. Is Batelho running with the three so that Adam Iola can get more reps and build the depth at Viper with the injuries they have at that position and just a coincidence with the rumor? Well, we've seen, according to talking to you and and Chris, we have seen very little, if any, of Justin Adamiola playing big end. Right. He's been at the Viper position. That's not cross-training. Right. Yeah, good point. That's a good point. Um, yep. You can take it. Ha- Look, I don't want to – you can take it however you want. But, yeah. That's a good point. I've only seen him at the Viper position since he's been back from injury. So, you know, take that for what you ever – however you want to take it. Mm-hmm. However you want to take it. Uh, Chad Williams says, did Cohen lead the offense to a score during live 11 on 11 word has been, he has not led the team to a touch. Hey, first of all, who gives a crap? Number one. And number two, they don't let them go all the way from down the field from one end to the other, at least. when And, we and I know for a fact 
that that is not even remotely true. Good. Has not led the team to a TD in full offense versus defense. Well, and I can tell you that that throw to uh, Braden Lindsey would have been, was a touchdown. Was that and team? It, and they yeah, was that it was the team. team. It was okay. eleven on eleven. And, all, and, I know for a fact that that's fought. But they it, don't. It's amazing how because he didn't lead him to a touchdown in the blue gold game. Well, if he would have been on the field in the last drive of the game when Tyler Buck was thrown against walk ons, he would have led them to a touchdown. You know. Yeah, that doesn't bother me in any any yeah. way. Possible. It's also just not, saying it's not true. Yeah, I, I just – they and, don't methodically move the ball down assuming, the field. I'm, I'm 100% I know for a fact that that's false. And as Vince said, he had a team touchdown pass today right. to Brayden Lindsay. And it was beautiful. All right. And uh, also, full team overs deep usually isn't a drive down the field. You kind exactly. of start on one part of the field and you just keep running plays. Right, right. Yep, exactly. And they, they kind of like would get a first down. And then they would go back to like the 30 or wherever they were. Like right. that's that's how they were doing 11 on 11 today. So right. it wasn't like a live scrimmage. All right. Okay. Uh, Chad Williams says Riley. And Chad, my frustration isn't with you. I've just have heard that rumor before yeah. and it's just right. frustrating. It's, it's, yeah, it's nonsense. Uh, he also says Riley Mills could be a JJ Watt 2.0. Um, I, I see similarities there. This body type. I mean, again, I am yeah. not predicting him to be a top. Right. I think I what, was, what was Watt, the le- style of play wise, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but I also think versatility-wise, and this is where I think Chad's comment there is, is on point. Again, we're not comparing him to the guy that was the number, what, 11 or 12 overall pick and has been the defensive MVP. We're just talking about style of play-wise. The reason I think that fits is because Riley does have that versatility to be a 3-4 defensive end. Right. He's not like a three technique. If anything, I think the 3-4 defensive end is right now better suited for him. Right, Vince? Yep. So, yeah, I think skill set-wise, body type-wise, and yeah. – and, that's why when I was looking over Chris's notes, seeing that Riley Mills was winning one-on-one reps against tackles kind of had me a little bit fired up. Right. Because yep. of exactly what – Chat because Chris Watt was not a three technique. Chris Watt was a an end. Right. And then, and, and look, this is the thing. Like if Gabriel Rubio has a big – like we talked about MTAs gone after this year. Well, if Gabriel Rubio has a big offseason, if Jacob Lacey has a big offseason, you know, Jason Adamiola is probably going to be in the NFL next year. But – could you see a scenario where they say, hey, you know what? We feel good enough about Rubio and, and the guys coming in that maybe we might want to play Mills more than I yeah. could see something like that. Now, again, I'm not predicting it. It just it would be dependent on other it. guys playing. If Mill yeah. and Lacey and those guys dominate sure. and have great springs, sure. Yeah. But that's the thing is he brings that kind of versatility, much like MTA is is in some instances better suited for end in this defense and three technique. I think you could make a case that that Riley Mills might be that guy because Riley Mills will never be 300 pounds. Like, right. Like, you know, at least in yeah, still be listed at 6'5, 273 right yeah. now. And he, he can get to 300 pounds, but he won't still be athletic if he right. gets 300 pounds. Uh, Tommy Guns has an interesting question you can probably talk about. Are any of the new IB writers here in the chat? No, they're working on writing right now. <laughs> of course. Well, but- one of them. So Mike Hutton right now is working on his practice ports, and he did the Brian Kelly interview. So he's handling a lot of the right. beat stuff so that we can be here doing this, and yes. there's still work and done. Grant Del Vecchio is a Notre Dame student, and that is the other writer that we hired. And I'm trying to get – hoping we get one more writer that's also a Notre Dame student, but we'll see about that. Uh, but Grant is still getting moved in, and, you know, for, first week of class is going to start it up here, I think, what, next week? Probably Tuesday, yeah. Right. So he's getting all settled in for that. So he has not officially started working yet, but Grant has been on the message board. And, uh, you know, he's working. I'm guessing those two guys will both be on the message board at some point. So Yep. And I'm very excited about Grant and very excited about Mike. So it's going to be good. But yeah, they, they, you do not expect to see them in the, on, on these things very often. This is going to be Vince and I primarily 
Yep. This is this is our niche. Or right. my niche anyway. But that's also partly why I wanted to hire them <laughs> yes, so we could focus exactly. on doing these things. Yes, exactly. Uh here we go. Chris Hewitt says, I've been on vacation in Yellowstone. That sounds unbelievable. Uh nice to be back talking ND football with the best IB nation. Brian Vince, you guys are the best. Thanks for your hard work. Go Irish. Thanks, Curtis. Good to have you back in yeah. the fold. Curtis, also, thank you for that super chat you left earlier. And I know I, I was always wanted to go to Yellowstone, but I watched 2012 the other day. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> And I'm I get into like document when I'm working I like to have stuff in the background and I get into like the National Geographic and the History Channel stuff and they were doing the Super Volcano and I'm like yeah you know what I'm good I'm good yeah <laughs> and I've heard it's absolutely awesome up there my wife's been up there she's uh, she said it's beautiful up there really cool so I hope no, you have we, fun we were talking about sitting in the in the uh, the expensive seats he says those seats are overrated I've sat there twice probably the worst game experience I've had just I saying. would never want to sit in those it's seats not good because you can't see anything because no, the can't see the right players. in front of you yeah you can't I mean, see the players. Yeah, it's not. They're not good seats. Now, when it's an empty stadium, they're great seats, right? Right, and they're padded and they're nice, but uh, they're really hot today. Uh, I, yep, I knew it. I just got bumped, and so now my top Brian is two fifty nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, we already saw that one. Yeah, I, I accidentally clicked that. Uh, let's see, well, actually, where where Chad was, he goes. Now the suites, those are nice. Other than having to talk to pretentious rich people to view and experience the arena, <laughs> I can you imagine. Know, my wife and I, my wife sat in those section, and my dad has sat in that section, and my dad had a blast. He said the people were nice, the people were friendly. So I don't, I don't know if you had to talk to rich pretentious people or not, but <laughs> you know, my parents enjoyed that, and and I have a good friend of mine that has season tickets. My wife and I actually looked into doing that, buying those. Really. Yeah, and we were we were really thinking about get because you know I wanted to get them for my dad, you know, sure. kind of price for my dad, and then you know games he can't come, I can sell them or whatever, uh, for face value, you get the money back. But um, we, I was like, oh yeah, I can swing that, and then like, oh, but there's a twenty that was a thirty thousand dollar. I don't like, know what uh, it is, but you got to donate and you got to do yeah. all this other stuff. It's a one time thing. Just, I was like, yeah, it's not just the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, like a middle class guy, yeah, I can actually afford those tickets. Oh no 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 no, we're no, gonna make can't. sure that your kind's not in here. Right. Because we're going to put a, a five figure tax on it, you know, donation tax or whatever on it. So, right. like, oh, okay. So that's how you get rid of the riffraff like me <laughs> is, riffraff. To, is, is to make sure that you make it so expensive that only mm. only really wealthy people can. Afford yeah. It. Like, yeah, okay. exactly. The riffraff. The riffraff like me and my that's family. Great. <laughs> That's great. It's the problem is my family is going to be picking up after your family. That's a, that's how we roll. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> it's just because you have so much manual labor yeah. that you've bred into your family. Exactly. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not gonna have Sadie and, Sadie and Rita there. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> all right. Here goes Cesar. Have to work right now. Just drop by to leave my like. Thank you, Cesar. We'll be uh, listening the program later today. Greetings from Southern Cal to everyone here. Nice. Greetings to you. Thank you for that. Nice. And you're actually Matthew's, where I'm at now. Okay. Matthew Southgate said, I take it to be good, as uh, as said before, by Brian, years past defense should dominate your offense in the beginning once offense has more time to implement more plays personnel. We will see a switch. And that's kind of what we started to see in the last week. Yeah, uh, we've had days where the offense has done really well. So I I would be nervous if twelve practice twelve if the offense was getting dominated and that had been the story every time we talked to a source. You know, practice twelve is when you should start having some days. And also, I don't think it's a surprise that the defense did some things today to give problems to the offense when we've heard that the offense has been putting in work on the defense because after a while you're kind of like, okay, let's let's go throw something at them, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I'm not too worried about that. 
Brian, if you want to tackle this one from Ty B, sure. he says, why hasn't BK found an elite quarterback or at least got any quarterbacks to perform at a high level at Notre Dame? At CMU and Cincy, he had two quarterbacks play lights out. I figured he wouldn't have trouble getting uh, trouble at Notre Dame finding a championship quarterback. Well, I would somewhat disagree with the premise to a, to a certain degree and accept it in others. Uh, he's never had an elite quarterback, right? But not many people have. Uh, when you use the term elite I mean, it's a very rare commodity. We've seen a couple at Clemson. We've seen a couple at Oklahoma. Um, I don't know if we've seen a lot of other elite college quarterbacks for teams that are winning. I think the other part of that thing I would say is, well, it's a a little easier to be elite when you're playing against, you know, the Big East back in 08 and 09, you know, and against the MAC. So that's part of it, too. There's a whole different spotlight on a guy at Notre Dame than there is at Cincinnati or Central True. Michigan. True. Uh, the, the other part of it, too, is I would say that they have had guys play at a championship level. The problem is, however, is as they've spent more time in their careers, the play decreases. I think Ian Book in the regular season in 2018 played at an, at an extremely high level. It's just he got into the big game and couldn't play that way against Clemson. Right. Uh, we saw Deshaun Kaiser play at a pretty darn good level in 2015, but then he regressed in 2016 and 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 – did not perform well. Uh, Ever Golson in 2012 was a was a winning quarterback. You could get him there. I think part of the problem has been number one, uh, they 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 haven't really had a quarterback other than now with Tommy Reese. They've never had any continuity with the quarterback coach, and not a ton at coordinator. You think Charlie Molnar was there True. what first two years? Then Chuck Martin takes over for two years. Then he goes and gets a, a right. job at you know Miami of Ohio, which you understand. Then Mike Dembrock comes in for two years. I thought he did a good job his first year. Then you get Mike Sanford coming in, who I thought was a terrible quarterbacks coach, still think is a terrible quarterbacks coach. Uh, you saw a regression from Deshaun Kaiser after another year under Mike Sanford. You saw Jordan Love regress from what he was at Utah State in 2018 to then what he was at Utah State in 2019 when Mike Sanford arrived. We saw Tanner Morgan at Minnesota this year regress big time yeah. in his first year working with, with Mike Sanford. So I think there's there's been some bad quarterback hires. I think Charlie Molnar was a bad coach. Uh, I think Mike Sanford was a bad coach. And really, this is the first consistency continuity that we've seen at the quarterback coach position. Well, they've only had one quarterback really to work with for most of Tommy Reese's tenure. And if you look at quarterback recruiting, I mean, he did just sign a pretty freaking good quarterback, right? Yeah. Tyler mm-hmm. Buckner. We just haven't had a chance to see Tyler develop yet. Sure. And, and of course, I, I think they did a bad job with Phil Dracovic. I, I think he is an he could he was an elite recruiter. Right. I agree. They I just agree. didn't develop him, and I don't think he fit what they're looking for in a quarterback, in my opinion. So I understand where you're coming from, but I just feel the problem has not necessarily been finding a, a very good quarterback. It's been developing a very good quarterback. I still to this day. There's a couple things I believe to be true about the 2015 season. Number one, if they'd have had a real defensive coach and a better strength program, I think Notre Dame could have competed for a title that year. I really do. Number two, if Malik Zaire doesn't get hurt, I think they would have beat Clemson. And I think they would have beat Stanford. And I think they would have been undefeated. Now, would they have won a championship? No, because of Brian Van Gorder and Paul Longo. But I think Malik Zaire was poised to have a monster season that year. And the Virginia game that everybody points to is like he didn't play well that game is further evidence of why he was so good. Because his past game, he was seven for 18 when he went hurt, when he got hurt. But he had a bomb to Will Fuller for a touchdown because Malik had a bazooka for an arm. Yep. And he also had a, he was on pace for over 100 yards rushing before he got hurt. Because he was at what? 
I'm have to look it up now, but he was, I think, in the 80s rushing yards because he had, remember he had just ripped off a long run on the drive. He got hurt because he got hurt running up the middle and somebody landed on him and busted up his ankle. But he had just ripped off a long run to set up that score. And when when he came out of that uh, on in that game, when Malik came out, they scored. They put Deshaun Kaiser in on the next play, and Malik and Deshaun uh, handed off to CJ Proceis. He ran for a touchdown. It made it 26-12. They were on the verge of blowing Virginia out before Malik got hurt. Uh, but that game, Malik had 87 rushing yards. He got hurt in the third quarter. He would have gone over 100 yards rushing in that game. So, yeah, his passing game, that game was struggling, but he had just destroyed Texas the week before throwing a football. He beat LSU in a bowl game the year before. I think Malik would have had a, a, a great year that year if he doesn't get hurt. So there's also been some bad luck. What sure. would Everett Golson have been at Notre Dame had he not gotten himself suspended? I don't blame the coaching staff for ever getting suspended. Everett made a bad choice. You know what I mean? So I think there's been some of that too. I don't blame the staff for Deshaun Kaiser's regression other than like I don't blame Kelly per se, other than specifically hiring Mike Sanford. That was a mistake. But you know, Deshaun also was his own worst enemy in a lot of ways. So it's not all Brian Kelly. And that's why Tyler Buckner is such a huge thing for Notre Dame because you need somebody to break that cycle. Right. And and it's it's not Tyler Buckner, then then who? And it, now it gets even harder to recruit that guy because it's like, well, why would I want to come there? You've had all these highly ranked players, Jakovic, Gunnar Keel, Ever Golson, Malik Zaire, Tyler Buckner, uh, Drew Pine, you know, Deshaun Kaiser. You have all these really talented quarterbacks, and none of them panned out. It's a you problem, and, and I don't want to go there. But if Tyler Buckner pans out, then I think a lot of that's gone. If Jack Cohn – and that's p- partly Jack Cohn too. If Jack Cohn can have the year I think he's going to have, that's going to that's gonna help with Dante more, in my opinion. It, j- it just will. And then if Tyler Buckner really pans out, then it helps with recruiting quarterback moving forward, in my opinion. So long answer, but I appreciate the question. All right. Uh, Michael Johnson says, if the defense is working the O-line, that's a good thing because it prepares the O-line for things to come. Yeah, we also had a super chat. Oh, yeah. Hit it. From Aaron Schmidt. Thank you, Aaron, Aaron, very, very much for the super chat. I appreciate that. Thanks, Very, very much. Thanks, Aaron. AJ, AJ says, BK was asked about styles, and he said, quote, he is such a detailed guy that it sometimes gets in the way of him playing free, unquote. Hasn't that been the problem because of the coaches asking young wide receivers to know everything? Maybe he feels he has to be extra detailed because he's trying to earn Alexander's trust. I, I think in theory, you're correct, AJ. Uh, I do think that that is a problem. I would say that, but we can't every single time blame it on the coaches because there are some players that are just that way. There are some players that just think so, that, especially freshmen, that they just overthink everything, that they just kind of get in their own way. Right. So could it be that that you could be 100% right? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not there, and I haven't heard from them. But I also know that Lorenzo's a really intelligent kid, really smart. And sometimes those really smart kids right. can be that way. You can overthink they it. Just, and you just got to say, hey, man, look, just chill. Just run the post. Right. But what about just 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 run the post? Just just go. Right. Just be be better than that guy. So I don't want to necessarily say that it's a Dell problem because I don't know the answer to that. He hasn't sure. been here long enough. I haven't seen enough practice or right. any practices. You haven't seen enough practices to say that. So I don't want to just get in the habit of just banging on Dell every time we hear that or right. coach every time we hear that. Because 
the the issues that Clark Lee had with Shane Simon, those weren't a problem with Drew White. They weren't a problem with with Jack Lamb. They weren't a problem yeah. with Jack Kaiser. They they weren't a problem with. Osmo and they Ball continue to be a problem with a new linebacker coach. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. Some you know so some guy and Shane's another guy. Shane's a really intellectual kid. Sure. And I think sometimes those guys just don't know how to just shut it off. Yep. And just go. Yep. 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 Uh, Chris Hewitt says the D line will help this O line along. I just hope I don't get in the heads of the O line and they lose. I hope it doesn't get into the heads of the yeah. O line and they lose confidence. That's a legitimate concern. It is. But I do think the from what I've been told by sources, the offensive line has had enough pretty good days in camp. Good. Uh, that I don't think that's going to be a problem. Uh-huh. And, and, and I really don't. Because again, what we saw today is not what I heard about, for example, this past weekend. And and that's what we have to understand is it, it's it's not always just about um, that. You know, I got we got a question down here. Yeah. And it's a super chat from Henry Johnson. Henry, up, Henry, thank you very, very much for the super chat. Thanks, What's your man. opinion on JoJo Johnson as a DB? Do you think he'll play special teams at all? Vince, I'll let you answer this one, but I want to give you mine first. Yeah. So the first time I saw JoJo was 2019. He was at Notre Dame's Irish Invasion Camp, and I mm-hmm. loved the kid. Like to the point where I actually called some of my friends in the at the D1 levels, hey, you guys got to recruit this kid. And they didn't, and they screwed up because I think they could have got him. Uh, Power five schools. They could have got him, and it would have been harder to flip him from Cincinnati than it would have been from those schools. But they didn't listen to me. And he eventually got on and he, you know, became a, you know, he's a guy that Notre Dame went after. So right. I like JoJo. I think here's my thing, Henry. Most skill players I do not view as five year players. And I say play them. For me, JoJo's a little different because, because I think JoJo still, even though he played DB as a junior and senior in high school, I still think he's still very raw as a DB. And I think he's a guy that I could say, you know, maybe we might want to preserve a year for him. Let him get and, – and what I would do with JoJo is a lot like what they did with Marist Lufau in 2019. Remember, Marist played – started on special teams in four games. And they were the, all the big ones. And it was like Georgia – right. Yeah. It was it was Georgia. It was like they started him on special teams because Georgia, but then they didn't play him against BGE in New Mexico. They ended up saving a year of eligibility. I could see something like that with JoJo this year. But because – you have so many other corners on the board. I could see a, a, an advantage to maybe letting him sit a year to learn. And and then now next year, he's kind of a freshman all over again. And now he's caught up technique-wise. Now that would help JoJo kind of get on the same page of the other DBs who've been kind of playing DB for four or five years. Right, right. And so And now it becomes about who's the better player. And, and with JoJo, I see a guy with great feet, a guy with speed, a kid that, I mean, have you seen pictures of him from this summer, Vince? I've he just does seen not him in look person. like the kid I saw at the, no, yeah. like when I saw him, he was like 5'10, sure, five, nine and a half, like a buck 65, buck 70 at Notre Dame's camp. Now he's a, he checked in at a legit 5'11 and 190 pounds. I saw a picture of him and he's like, he looks like a, he looks jacked. That's awesome. That tells me that JoJo physically is going to have the talent to play at Notre Dame, but. I just want to see him get a year where he doesn't have the pressure of having to go out and play and just, here's your stance, here's your technique, here's how you use your hands, here's how you play, do all those kind of things and right. just learn without burning a year. And I think that that could be better for him because he's one of the few guys that I view as a potentially someone you'd want to bring back for a fifth year. And the other thing, too, is he can play corner, he can play slot, 
he could even be a he could even be a Sean Crawford type of safety because JoJo's a tough kid. He's a he's a kid that's gonna is, eventually he's gonna be able to bring the wood. So I, I th- he's one of the few s- skill kids that I would ever say I actually think a red shirt might be good for him. Hmm. I really I really do. I don't know well, if you agree or disagree. Well, with that. I, I will say I know he's a project on the defensive side, but I've also seen some some athletic. Did he have a pick today during one on ones? Because they had you had him down number twenty. Had a pick today. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I was I, I've been impressed with him, and it look. I, I will differ with Brian in that if he earns a spot on special teams, you give it to him. And I, I think and I think you play him. That, normally, that, I, I agree with that. So. Yeah. Normally, Vince, I, I, yeah. I agree with I that. understand everything you said. Yeah. I, I totally get it. I, That's why I say this is one of yeah. the few exceptions. Because yep. normally, I'm worried with you. It's like, look, let the kid – if the kid's good enough to start on special teams, right. he's a starter. Right, exactly. I, I just feel like with JoJo, because I do think of the potential he has as a corner – Sure, I get I, that. I, I, I just would really – because like, could that be the year? That fourth to fifth year be the year his game really takes off? Sure, you know that kind of thing. Plus, I, I still that. think if you if here's the other thing too is, I think there's a couple corners in this year and last year's classes that I think are better suited for safety. Mm, that yeah, you give right. JoJo another year to kind of develop, and then he kind of steps up, and he, and now you know you still have four years with him. Sure, you might be more willing to say, hey, look, let's move this kid to safety. And 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 you know whether it's Clarence Lewis, whether it's Philip Riley, whether it's Devin Moore, whether it's Jaden Bellamy, whoever, right? But I also am sympathetic to your point, Vince, of if a guy earns a starting spot on special teams, you have to play him. Right. And 99 times out of 100, I'd agree with you. I just think JoJo, because of the position switch that he went through late in his career, is my is my exception to the rule. I get that. Brian Pulley would strongly disagree with my st- sentiment. <laughs> He's too busy <laughs> can, working with the punts. But so. if the guy can be a starter for him, why would he want a redshirt a guy? So right, exactly. Uh, Jonathan says, what's the highest you could reasonably see Houston Griffith going in the draft? And if both he and Kyle get taken highly in the draft, how low do you think our preseason ranking will be next season? Excuse me. I I don't, I think Houston, I don't see Houston. I'm, I'm more convinced that Houston's going to come back for a fifth year for no, no Intel whatsoever, but just knowing that he'd get to kind of be the guy at safety right. for a year. Right. He won't I think be overshadowed Yeah. Have two years as a starter. Honestly, with Houston, it's all about the combine. I mean, it's hard for me to say we haven't ever really seen him play a lot of safety. To me, he has you know late day two, day early you know early to mid day three uh, at, at talent. I mean, at best right now. But again, that's coming from I haven't seen him play a ton. Mm-hmm. I'd really want to see him play first. But if he goes out there and, and is a really good football player at Notre Dame and looks like a day two pick. Uh, Jalen Elliott's perfect example. Jalen Elliott's a really good football player at Notre Dame. Alohi Gilmo's a really good football player at Notre Dame, but they this, they didn't have the kind of testing numbers that you'd see. Yeah, that you'd want to have as a higher pick. I mean, Alohi, as good as he was in Notre Dame, was a six round draft pick. Jalen sure. Elliott was a three year starter in Notre Dame. He was undrafted. Now they're both on NFL rosters right now. So that's why I say is is if Jalen if Jalen Elliott doesn't run a four eight at the combine and instead runs a four five, then go undrafted. Yeah, there's no way. And so that's why I say with Houston, he's going to put good – if he stays for two years, he's going to put really good film out, in my opinion. It, then it just becomes, okay, let's just see how, how athletic he really is. And that's going to ultimately tell the, tell the tale. Joe Maduna says, how are the free – or how are the freshman receivers faring? Are any pushing the older players for playing time? Any word on Xavier Watts? Worried that he will leave if he doesn't get some PT. Um, so – 
Yeah, go ahead. Xavier Watts real quick, Vince. I'll let you – Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, Joe, he has been out, so that's why we haven't heard a lot about him. He's been out right. with a hamstring injury. Hopefully yep. he'll be coming back soon. Uh, Xavier's also a different kind of kid. I don't, I'm not as worried about him transferring as I would other players. I think Xavier really likes it in Notre Dame, and he's a competitive kid that doesn't just see it's not going my way, so I'm going to leave. Right. Maybe he does, but I just don't think that's his mindset right now. Uh, the freshman, Vince, Jaden Thomas has also been out with a hamstring. He got hurt the first week, and he's been out ever since. Uh, you could better address how the other two are doing. Deion Colsey and, and, uh, and Lorenzo Styles have been getting reps. Um, they've kind of fluctuated with the twos and the threes, kind of back and forth between the two of them. They're both making plays in practice. Um, I think that, you know, if Notre Dame goes five or six deep, I think they're probably on the outside looking in a little bit. Maybe they could sneak in there at the bottom. Just depends on how deep Notre Dame really wants to go, uh, you know, with their rotation. But that's kind of where they are right now. I, I don't know that Notre Dame would be upset if they were in the rotation. I still um, think you have to get them but, in the field. And I do too. I just five, You have to get them five to ten snaps. And, and look, there may be a game or two. Maybe you don't play them against Wisconsin and Cincinnati, but you have to play them against Toledo sure, and Purdue. Sure. And, I'm interested and, to see what the rotation looks like. I, I did see in your notes today that you had Dion going three for three in his one-on-ones, including yeah. beating Cam Hart on a slant route. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And again, slant – and I, I will say this. I don't want people to freak out about Cam Hart. Slant routes, coverage, most likely. It was off coverage. Yeah. It, it, it's a gimme. It's a gimme route. I mean, yeah. there's nothing the DB can do about yeah. that. So. And you have him down for beating Chance Tucker on a comeback, and then also you had him down for beating uh, who's that number? Is that number? Uh, he he actually beat. Looks like Chance Tucker on a corner route, but the ball was overthrown. And then you have him beating uh, Ramon Henderson on a corner route. So three for four uh, in the red zone. So not bad. They, but they need to play. They're too good not to yeah, get some right. playing time this year. They're just right. they they can't repeat last year and say, well, you know, these guys are really good. Yes, those guys are really good. And this is a year where I'm not going to be complaining as much that the you just how do you not have that guy on the field for right. 30 snaps a game? No, it's but they you got to get them some. You got to get them work. You got to get them right. work. They're too talented not to play. And they're not five year players. So what's the point of redshirting them? Sure. Yeah. Good point. Uh, Joe says, whom do you see as the backup quarterback? Tommy Reese needs to get kids in there to get them. Re- They're getting plenty of reps. You don't have to worry about that. They're getting plenty of reps. Drew Pine is the number two guy right now. Um, and Tyler Buckner's pushing him from what I've been told, though. Yeah. But right yeah. now they're all getting reps. Yeah. All three of those guys are getting plenty of reps. That that lack of reps is not a problem yeah. right now. That's and I think part of the backup job, Vince, is going to be determined by what are what do they need from the quarterback. Sure. If the offense is rolling to the point where they just need someone to come in there and distribute the ball, it's going to be Drew Pine. But if if they feel like the offense needs more of a playmaker, then it'll be Drew, Tyler Buckner. If right. something happens to Jack Cohn, sure. I, so so that's part of it too. Is that yet yeah, we have to factor in? It's not always just about well who's the next guy. It's also like well what's the need of the offense? If, sure. If Jack's just doing the ball distributing thing and you need someone to come in and do that, it's going to be Drew. But I'm hoping that it's. Drew gets a, or Tyler gets a role in the offense. And then if something happens to Jack Cohn, you just put Tyler in there and you just maybe expand Continue Tyler's on, role a little bit. And they, yeah. you know, you keep playing yeah. the two guys. Uh, Kenny Moore says, will FSU be a full stadium? And if so, has the team started preparing for crowd noise or will they wait until game week? They're going to wait. That, that's not yeah. something. It, it, it will be a full right stadium. Now. Yes. Yeah. Florida is yeah. completely open, has been for a while. Uh, yeah. I would imagine Vince, they'll probably start in, in, Normally, you start you give yourself two weeks to prep for the opening game in camp, so you're still probably middle of next week 
probably is when you'll start seeing them do that. And they're going to do exactly yeah. what they did the last time because they actually were prepared for that noise pretty well in 2014. Noise right. was not an issue for Notre Dame in 2014. They were prepared for that. They had a great game plan. Florida State just had better players that day. Sure. And and Jimbo outcoached Brian Van Gorder in the second half. And they had help from what a few other guys wearing a black and white at the end of that game as well. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jonathan says, Vince has got to be happy right now. He's the number one Cam Hart fan, no doubt. And Kenny says, we're all going to be the Cam Hart fans very quickly. He's going to be really good. Could agree. not agree more. Agree. Yep. Uh, B. Straw just says, I just signed up for the message board. Can't wait for the season to start. Welcome aboard. You're not going to regret it. It's going to be a lot of fun. No question about it. I'm going to put this one up here, but I don't want people to think we're going to be bashing somebody else. Um, Orange Glove guy says, is Pete Sampson watching the same ND team that you are? Didn't sound that way on 365 sports interview, whatever that is. Uh, doubts at wide receiver, defensive ends, etc. Some people are more negative than others. Uh, he's been on the beat for a really long time. You know, maybe he's tamper- tempering the expectations, but I can only say what I see, and I have no worries about defensive end and, and wide receiver. So, um, I Pete sat three seats down from me today, and uh, you know, I didn't. Ne- we didn't necessarily have a conversation. We talked a little bit here and there. But uh, he and I disagree on a lot of things when it comes to how Notre Dame plays and, and things of that nature. So um, I, I'm i not going to tell you they look good if they don't look good. Let's just put it that way. It, it, it would be silly for us to do so. Right. I'm not going to do that. It's a lot easier to, to, be, to be – this isn't about Pete because I have no comments to make about Pete Sampson. This is just a general comment. It's a lot easier to be skeptical of new players – and then when they play better, you say, well, you know, because people can buy. Well, look, they're inexperienced. I didn't see it. You know, that kind of thing. Sure. It's easier to do that. Um, it, it would be silly for us to overhype something that we didn't actually believe to be true because then we would constantly be wrong. Right. And and eventually people stop listening. Uh, so, yes. Um, beyond that, I have yeah. no, no I, comments to make. I just wanted to say that, yes, we're watching the same thing, but <laughs> – everybody's opinion you know what i mean and so everybody's entitled to their opinion that's fine i you know but yeah i i next question yep yep let's see i also don't want to comment too because i didn't hear what he said because it, it, absolutely it may be somebody else's perception that he's being negative right. but right you know, I don't want to comment on something I didn't listen to or hear. Here, so it goes. Seventy six says a lot of national coverage is questioning the D line. They're in for a rude awakening in a couple of weeks. I, I agree. agree with that because if you are underestimating what the D line is going to do, because yeah. didn't we hear the same thing last year? The last two years, well, how are they going to replace Tillery? Gee, I just don't know if they're going to replace Tillery. And then right. in 2019, you you know, Aquara gets hurt. Well, they're screwed now because Dalen Hayes is out. Angelina Aquara was out. So what happened then? Jameer Jones balls out the final five games of the year. You know, right. exactly. how are they going to replace Aquar and Khalid Cream? Dalen Hayes and Adi Ogandichi said, We got this. Don't worry about right. it. That's right. what good teams do. I mean, that's right. what good teams do. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Mike Gardner has a comment. If Freeman turns Houston from transfer, who is down and out, to secondary leader next to Hamilton, that will be more impressive than any recruiting battle that he has won so far. Be the, it will certainly be the most pertinent because it's going to impact this team. Right. No and question. I will say, Chris O'Leary is doing a great job with the safety. You texted me that during practice. You said, and I think I have your thing here. You said, I believe I have verbatim. I'm going to pull this up. Vince, I know normally I don't share text messages with it's people. It's all good. 
you said, I love listening to O'Leary coach. That was yes. a text message I got from you right in the middle of practice. Yeah, because they, they were stationed literally right in front of where I was sitting. I could hear everything he was saying word for word, how he was coaching the guys, his relationship with his position group. He is constantly talking, constantly coaching. I mean, he is – I think he's doing a great job. Um, I, I think he's doing a great job with these guys. You know, obviously the proof's in the pudding. Obviously it helps to have uh, Kyle Hamilton. But he's working with the least amount of depth, I think, of anybody in this in on the team. And I'm very interested to see what happens with that depth. And if they're mm-hmm. good, if that depth is good, it's because of Chris O'Leary. I mean, he's coached him up. He's got him ready to play. Right. And uh, and, and I'm I'm really excited to see right. where it goes because I was yeah I was locked into what he was doing. I, he was and, and Mike's right. That would be an impressive recruiting battle. But to your point, Vince, it would also it would also be a good sign for the future of the coaching at safety, right. which is not Marcus Freeman's responsibility. Yeah. It's Chris. Exactly. Lee. Yeah, I completely agree with that. If you see something, go ahead and throw it up. I'm scrolling. Yeah. So, because we need to work through, because Vince, you only have about 10 minutes left. So I, I do want to get to go watch my kid play some football. OC Irish fan says, Brian, without giving away any of your, when you reference sources, what does that mean? Do you approach <laughs> them? Thanks for the insight. Both. I'm not going to tell you who that, like, I'm not going to tell you not names, but like it, it's, I try to talk to different types of sources. Some of them are really close to the program. Some are observers of the program that maybe get to be at a practice here and there. Uh, some are, people closely related to people in the pro. I mean, I try to talk to as many sources as possible. So like when I put an Intel feature out on the website, it did not come from one person. It doesn't come from two people. It comes usually from at least three or four people just because I like to kind of balance just because one person tells me something uh, like there's probably seven, eight bits of Intel that I got that I didn't put in the last Intel feature because I only heard from one person. Right. And I couldn't get it confirmed with anybody else. So it's from all types of different people. Not going to get into like, well, it's a coach. Well, okay, well, now that can get narrowed down, Uh, you know, (laughs) uh, or it's from the dad of a left tackle on the, you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm not going to say who. (laughs) It's clearly not who it is, which is why I use that example. Yes. Um, Which is awesome, by the way. So, but, uh, and so it's rarely, and if I throw something in passing, it may be, hey, I had a source tell me this, you know, saying in passing, you know, take it for what it's worth. Right. But when I put an Intel piece out, it's because I've talked to as, m- as many sources as possible, which is why you don't just bo- do one every single day. Yep. It takes time to kind of put that good Intel together. Anyone can just throw out some rumblings they heard about this person or that person. But if you want to be so good and trustworthy today, like, because uh, you just hear people. Those just- are the funniest <laughs> thing when you sit at practice and you just hear, well, I heard this, this, this. And I'm like, well, that's not what's going on in the field right now. So you also hear how yep. unintelligent. From a don't, football standpoint, some people are. Don't go there. I don't know. go there. That, do I you ever wonder why it. I sit about 30 rows behind everyone else when I'm at practices? I two know. reasons. One, better view. The number two yeah. is I just I just want, even from people I respect, I, I you know, you'd always come to me. I'd always kind of be off on my own. Yep. I only allowed you into my sphere. You and Lucy Mojo <laughs> are the only people allowed into my sphere. Because <laughs> right. I just want to focus, and I don't want other yeah. – Stuff right or wrong, Absolutely. I don't want other stuff in my head. I just want to be able to lock in on practice. People say, I hear you. Man. How do you get so much info out of practice? Number one, I'm a former coach, so it's easier. But number two, I don't sit there talking to people the whole time. Yes, because it's a social event, it's a social event for people, for yeah. some people. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, so it goes 76 says, I might be reading too much into it, but BK had an audible sigh before he said Madden when listing off the offensive line starters. He does that, that all the time. He, okay. He, yeah, I didn't hear I wouldn't it, read so. too much into that. I didn't okay. hear it either, but I wouldn't read too much into that. Because for my the people I've talked to, Mad's been having a solid camp. That's why I wanted to preface the whole because right. we could have easily 
uh, we could have easily come into the conversation today and said, like, see, we were right about Kane yeah. and that. And he's uh, not absolutely. this, he's not that. You know, uh, all these other kind of things. And 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 we told you that, that'd be childish and incorrect because it would also be hiding the fact that I've had sources I trust tell me he's had a pretty good camp. I just think he had a rough day. Now, as we get deeper into to, to the to camp, uh, you know, we could we'll find out if he's having more and more problems. Now the defense is throwing more and more at the offense. That could also be it too. But uh, I wouldn't read too much into that comment. Jonathan says, "Do you think Brian Kelly is evaluating coaches in a vacuum, or do you think that BK is taking advantage of Freeman's momentum and pushing the offensive side to strive for similar things?" I'm not. I'm not really sure about. Um, I don't really. I guess that kind of went over my head a little bit. From a recruiting standpoint, maybe, or I, I, that's what I'm guessing because Freeman hasn't done anything on the field yet. So mm, two weeks of fall camp, you know, that's about it. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Maybe. I'm not, Jonathan. I'm not. I'm not. I think you're on the message board, so maybe you could follow up later and elaborate on that, just because I want to make sure that I answer it the, the right way. David Pollard says, uh, I think one of the keys to our season is how both lines do. If we protect Cone and can pressure other quarterbacks, we will be dangerous. I believe that to be absolutely true. No, no I agree with you completely. I agree with you completely. John Erickson says, from a very long time watching college football, nothing changes momentum sometimes for good, like a fumbled kick. Mm-hmm. I, for one, am content with fair catches and kneel downs. I am not. <laughs> uh, I think there's a time and a place because you know what else? changes momentum in a football game is when you can score on special teams. Think about the 2015 Stanford game. Stanford takes the opening drive and Kevin Hogan right down the field. They score on Notre Dame. What does Notre Dame do? CJ Sanders responds by taking a kick back to the house, right? Think about how rockets kick return against, against Miami in 1990 broke that game open. Right. Right. So I, I mean, yes, you're correct. It does change momentum, but, all big plays on special teams do. I could make just as strong of an argument that big returns have the same impact uh, or blocked kicks have same impact. So I'm okay with fair catches more than most people, more than some are. But I also think you, you, you're you always looking to steal yards, Vince. Always right. looking Absolutely. to steal yards. And if you can gain seven, eight yards on a return from where you would have been because you were too conservative with your fair catches, then, you know, then you lost an opportunity. You could have got a first down on that return, an extra first down on that return. So, yes, there's a time and a place to fair catch. And if you got guys coming around you, don't be silly. Don't be too aggressive. But I'd like to see them be more aggressive than they are. But they're not going to look like when the Rocket or Ricky Waters is here because, number one, right. they don't right. have Rocket or Ricky Waters on the roster. Number two, the rules are different now. And number three, teams have now adjusted. the. They don't do the spread punt like they used to back in the day. It's just it's a different it's a different deal. Okay. Oh, Bronx ND fan. IB swag delivery confirmation received today. Can't wear to wear my gear in NYC. That's awesome. Got a little IB in New York. Loving every bit of that. And Larry says uh, his hoodie arrived here yesterday. Nice. Nice. Love that. That's fantastic. Uh, Kevin Thomas says pretty big that we could have two top 10 picks in the next two drafts, Hamilton and Mayer. Certainly potential. I mean, yeah. Again, those are not necessarily prime positions unless you're really special. But the good thing for Notre Dame is both of those guys are pretty special. Yeah, they really yeah. are. They, yeah. I, I don't know if a tight end will go in the top ten, but I think Kyle that, Pitts just did. But again, yeah, you got to be T.J. Hawkinson did. I think T.J. Hawkinson would be a better comparison for Mayer than 
Kyle Pitts because they're such different. Sure, 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 sure. But if Kyle Mayer does the next two years, or Michael Mayer, Kyle Mayer, combining them into one, Michael Mayer does the next two years what I think that he can do, then sure, yeah. Curtis Hewart, when in the season, in your opinion, will we know what kind of team Notre Dame will be this year? Oh well, well, it'll it's in stages, Curtis. Yeah. It's you know you, you find a little bit about them in game one, then I think the next test is Wisconsin. You know, then I think the next test is that first big first big road game against Virginia Tech. I mean, so there's there's like little tests along the season that define who you are, but you really never know who a team really is until November. Um, I, you know, I think that's what really separates the men from the boys, so to speak, is what you do in November. But there's always little tests and evaluations. Kevin says, also, Austin, Lindsey, Keys, Davis, Wilkins are all senior plus. Uh, do you have draft projections for them? Look, I think all that's going to change. Gonna anyway, I, I, you've got like 6, 20, 15 career catches with the first two guys. The last right. guy's got seven career catches. Like, right, right. Um, let's, see, let's see how they play this year. I, I right. think at least two of those guys are going to – well, at least three of those guys are going to be gone after this year, in my opinion. Yeah. Couple, yep. One or two of them will be back. Uh, Nolan says, I know Polian takes a lot of heat, but his recruiting of Polynesian Hawaiian players has been very impactful. Those guys play with some fire. I'd be happy to see that pipeline continue for many years. Why would you assume that it wouldn't just because Brian Polian's not there? Like that that's the myth that it's like people say, Well, I don't want to I don't want to ever move on from Kelly because the alternative is Ty Willingham or Charlie Weiss or Bob Davy. Why is that the alternative? Like, I'm sorry. You know, you know who else has kind of had some good times out there? Alabama, right? They don't, you know, I mean, you hire a good coach, you have a great product, and you put the effort to go out there, it, you know, you're going to be fine. So, uh, is that a plus if Brian Polian can recruit that state? Sure. I mean, look at it. Meyer Tungavaloa, Maris Luafau. It's been great, Manti. But again, Charlie Weiss had a lot more to do with Manti Teo than people really want to give him credit for. But yeah, I mean, he's still, but his number one responsibility still needs to be able to coach the stinking special teams at a high level. If he does that, then great. Yeah. But I'm also not keeping him because he can recruit the state of Hawaii. He's got to coach better. I have found all of the uh, You're now working through all that stuff? (laughs) Yes, I am. So if you see something, please, by all means. No, I'm still still working through. Then there may not be a whole lot left then. Yeah. Um, Where are you at? 430. Okay, Irish Mike. Uh, what happened to Brendan Clark? Vince, you oh. said actually today was the first day that we actually saw Brendan going through drills. So right? he was going through the, the quarterback-specific drills when it was just the quarterbacks. He didn't get any team time, um, and he did not throw any like one-on-ones or anything like that. But in the past, he was just going through uh, FSA, like the, mm-hmm. the, the warm-up period. But today he actually did some quarterback-specific drill work. So he, I mm-hmm. think they're slowly kind of bringing him back uh, to being, you know, fully go at this point. But I, I saw him throw one ball. It was like, but clearly his arm wasn't hurt. Right. Because he still has a rocket attached. This, to this was shoulder. Vince's check. Uh, he goes, <laughs> Clark is going through drills. Rocket launcher still attached to his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, just comes out of his hand just yeah. like, oh, I mean, I can see why he was recruited. Let's just put it that way. The, the yeah. man has a gun on his arm. There, yeah. Oh. Nathan Lytle, did you guys see the recent yep, interview at. recently with Xavier Nwok? But his high school, he had a Notre Dame shirt on, T-shirt on. Do you think maybe that's a sign of good things to come? <laughs> no, I wouldn't read into that. Do I, I think Notre Dame's got a chance to get him? Yes. Do yeah. I think it's trending more to Notre Dame? Though? How's it? Yes. 
But his team colors also, I mean, he'd look a little weird with the practice jersey on and this bright red shirt sticking out because their colors are like what navy blue and yellow oh, or black they? and yellow. Yeah. yeah so I think go. it's just probably more about it just fits and it, it's a it was a, a breathable shirt. So I think that yeah. had a lot more to do with it than you know, uh, he's not going to give that away kind of thing away. It's probably just a, a shirt that fits. So no, I wouldn't. I mean, it was cool to see, but I wouldn't read too much into it. We did get a super chat from Garen Nutson. Good times Woo! ahead, Irish nation. Uh, nation, I agree. I agree. Uh, Irish for life says, how's the O-line look? Sorry if it's already been talked about. We did talk about it, so you can go back and take a look. A uh, little up and down today, no question. Uh, Lug was out a little bit and made Madden has had better days. That's kind of the mm-hmm. nutshell version. Uh, mm-hmm. But definitely go take a look uh, in the back because we we definitely did talk about it. Uh, Justin Knox is, is very bullish on the O-line. He says Notre Dame has three NFL draft picks for 22, Patterson, Madden, and Lug. I'd be very surprised if one of those guys got drafted. I think two of them will get drafted, but definitely one. I think two will. I'd be surprised if the third guy got drafted. Just because of measurables. I mean, a six oh, foot two, 306 pound guard. Even, I don't care how right. good you are. We've seen all American offensive linemen not get drafted or get drafted low because in the NFL, they don't care about that. They care about do you have the measurables, the foot speed, all those kind of things. If Caden Madden's a great player for Notre Dame this year. It doesn't mean he's an NFL player. Tommy Kramer didn't get drafted, you know, so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put too much. I don't think he'll get drafted. What can you, Craig Sebring, what can we realistically expect from Cone to, in game one? I just want to see him manage the offense, yep. make a couple plays, uh, but just manage the offense. Don't make any big, you know, don't make too many big mistakes. It hurts the team. You know, I'd like to see him, you know, what I'd like to see in realistically, I think hitting a, a shot or two, Vince, tacking down the field, hitting a couple shots, yes, but just absolutely. run the offense. Get, I think that's the most important thing yep. for me in week one, of Vince. Keep just the chains be moving. Be on the same page. Yep. And then when the shots come, take those shots. Yep, absolutely. No, no question about it. Corey D says, Brian, in your article, you said, Wilkins, Lindsey, Austin, and Davis are the core wide receiver group. Please tell me we're going to see a lot of keys this year. I didn't write that article. That was from Mike, uh, uh-huh. and he was referring to, vet, to veterans. But, yes, uh, keys will be. We will no see doubt. a lot of Keys. But Keys has also not been the last couple of days, but we will we will see a lot of him. There's no question about it. Uh, Craig says, who will be our kickoff and punt returner this year? I have not seen them work kickoffs. I did see them work punts today. It's going to be – I would imagine it's going to be Chris Tyree it's, again. It's, it, yeah, I would imagine it's going to be Chris Tyree as well uh, for kickoffs and then punt return. Uh, Salerno was back there, uh, but then so was uh, Styles, and so was Austin, and so right. was Williams. So, probably going to be Salerno, but I we'll see. I would agree with that. So. Ryan Mallett has anyone asked about Cardinal Tate's announcement date? Nope, but it's October 8th from what we have seen. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a ways away. Holy cow. Yep. And I'm getting down there. Uh, Let's see here. Stephanie Joyce yeah. has an interest. Uh, gents, how did Kyle's Kyle H's lower back tightness manifest? Is was that what hobbled? Kelly, Kelly said that's it was. Kelly said it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't see what happened, like uh, the play that it happened, but I saw him come to the sidelines. He was kind of doubled over in a little bit of pain. Uh, they put like a cold towel like around yeah. the back of his neck, like stuff like that. I just, I just think he's working through some stuff. I wouldn't worry. I I've been told much. that this has this today was not the first day this has happened, Vince. Right. So I'm a little bit okay hesitant, but I also think this is why, uh, this is why he has been a little bit limited in camp because like hey you don't you're not worried about him right now right you know what i mean right. uh right now your focus is on getting him healthy for the first game that's right. going to be the big thing and and i think he could probably maybe use a couple of days off just my 100 percent pure 100 percent brian Drew yeah no absolutely 
We did have a super chat. So it goes 76. Great question on the message board about Notre Dame's first drive about Florida State. What do you expect? Also, everyone should join the message board. Yeah. So somebody asked, predict the first play of the game. I went Vince 11 personnel outside zone with an RPO. Ooh, well, I like for that. all the RPO or not, I don't know, but I think they'll go 11 personnel. They'll do a motion. They'll run outside zone and they'll have an RPO built into it. Whether they yep. hand it off or pull it, that wasn't the point, but they'll, they will, uh, because RPOs aren't a play call, right? right? The run is the play call. RPOs are built into the play call. And I and uh, I love the fact that you said eleven personnel because I think they're going to be in that a lot this year. Yeah, yeah, for yep. sure. And I I think that is, uh, oh Jacob Hayden, strongest arm you've seen at Notre Dame, strongest arm I've seen. I don't think it's a question mark. It's Malik Zaire, just pure arm strength, right? I mean and RPMs and deep ball, just cannon. Probably him. I say the strongest arms I've seen at Notre Dame, Vince. And, and this is 2010. Dane, this no particular order is top five. Dane Chris, Malik Zaire, Everett Golson, Phil Dracovic, and Brendan Clark would be my five. Just yeah. pure strong. Oh, I'd have to bump out one of those guys for Brandon Wimbush just because they're going to arm strength. Clark's got to be in that group. He's because... got, Clark's in the top five. Yeah. No, so, so uh, let's see here. I'd have to. Whew, boy. So definitely, definitely Dracovic, definitely Wimbush, definitely Zaire, definitely Clark. Who'd be that fifth guy? It's either Dane Christ or Everett Golson. I'd probably bump out Everett. Just arm strength. Just strength. Just strength. like Everett Golson throws the best ball that Notre Dame's had since Jimmy Clausen. I mean, just as far as just when he's on, it's the prettiest thing you're ever going to see. But just arm strength, just arm power, that's my five. And I'd probably go with Malik number one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Sid Irish, bring yeah. bring Pat Dilling. I don't think Brady Quinn had a real strong arm. Yeah, I, I don't think he had a bazooka for an arm. I don't. I think he was just more of a playmaker. I don't think he had a a cannon for an arm. I I, I really don't. Omar wants to know: Did I see anything from Kali today? Was he practicing? He was practicing. Uh, he he would rotate in with the threes. Um, so I mean, nothing really jumped out. I didn't see him making a bunch of plays or anything. Um, so I think he's still a freshman figuring things out to be perfectly honest with you. So, yep. <laughs> Here we go. David Pollard says Notre Dame being ranked number nine in the AP poll is absolutely stupid. We should be ranked ahead of Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, not to mention Iowa state and Cincinnati. I agree with all of those except for Oklahoma. I, I would, I, I ranked Oklahoma ahead of Notre Dame. I ranked Notre Dame ahead of Georgia and all those other teams. I think especially Texas, Texas A&M wasn't as good as Notre Dame last year. And they lost their quarterback and four starting offensive linemen. I'm just saying. All right, so let's apply it somewhat affairs. But Oklahoma, I actually have is uh, I think my preseason number two team, two or three team, I believe. Yes, uh, Caleb Robbins, Notre Dame will run the ball early and often. We will see the running game to help out Jack. First play of the game will be out of eleven personnel handoff tackle. So you're, we're kind of on the same page, Caleb. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I said eleven personnel outside zone. So yeah, we're we're kind of on the same page. So I, I cool can't say I disagree with you there. <laughs> Sid Iris says I think I'd like to see a deep shot first play. Um, Craig Sebring, with all these changes, uh, changing conferences, do you think Notre Dame is forced, nope. forced to join one? No, and I think we are going to do it. We're going because I've been getting asked that. I got asked. I went on an Oklahoma radio show today, no, and really? we were asked about that too. So I think we should do a show on that here very soon, Vince. All right, so I'm making that note. Completely off. Uh, Bronx ND fan, how does MTA look since returning to the team? Great. You, you said I mean, great today, right? He, yeah, he, I think he's in his natural position. One of the things you said is him and Jason Adamiola had a couple meet me at the quarterback parties yep. in uh, team today. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All righty. And then last one, double fake bomb to Lindsey 
I think he meant fake. Uh, double take bomb to Lindsay. Unleash the speed. And I think that right there was the topic of my midweek musings yesterday, which referred to, I think people are going to be surprised by how fast this team is, Vince. And yes. you, you saw it today. Yep. I no mean, question. No some question. of these guys need to play better, you know, yep. and make mis- but so far speed wise. That's, um, yep. That this team can fly. So that's going to do it for today's show before we go down too far of a rabbit hole. Uh, but everyone, thanks for joining the show today. Thanks for all the questions. Leave us a like, hit us, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. If you're listening via podcast, leave us a five-star review, try out built bar 10% off your next purchase, your full next purchase. You can see in the description bar below, use the promo code hours breakdown, sign up for the message boards. It's a, it's been a really good product. We've it's, it's improving. A lot of people signing up. We've had a ton of, we've almost doubled our numbers in the last week and a half. So very excited about that. Uh, really excited about the things that we're doing. We're going to keep growing. We're putting our full content plan together. If you have an idea, we actually have a content plan suggestion thing going on the message board. Uh, we got some really cool stuff planned for content. Most of it will be on the website. A couple things are going to be board only things that are going to be sort of diving real deep into the X's and O's. Uh, Stephanie, thank you. I'm glad that you have forgiven me. Uh, <laughs> William Wolf is this year. We finally get to see Kevin Austin deliver. Love the channel. We'll talk Hope about so. that even more. But yes, if if he is healthy, this he will be a he will be a game changer for Notre Dame this year. So we'll be back tomorrow for Vince's favorite day of the week. Friday, Friday free for all. Yep, Friday, Friday free for all for a Notre Dame mailbacks. Everybody have a great, safe rest of your day. Check out oursbreakdown.com, and we will talk to you all again very, very soon. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.